0: Oh, I've got an itchy nose. Ah, I don't like it. Ah. It's fine. Everything's fine.
1: You're nearly 30, Steve. You should better itch your nose.
0: <laughs> I'm not nearly 30. You shut up.
1: <laughs> Judge off every fart mouth.
0: <laughs> you get out of here. You get out of here right now. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Epically Average podcast. Joined by my wonderful co host, Dan. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. And today, our wonderful guest is the one, the only, the lovely, Avelyn STA. She is a programmer and ex game dev who has worked on games such as Battlefield and Star Wars Battlefront 2, working for companies such as EA studios like DICE. Avelyn, welcome to the stream. How are you?
2: I'm okay. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you expecting? Such a um, yeah. You look slightly terrified. You okay? I, <laughs> you expect I was expecting such an intro.
2: I was very much surprised by the way you pronounced my name. So that's. Uh, was it good? Was it correct? It was about a six out of ten. I'll take a six out of ten. It's,
0: I'll take a six out of ten for a, for an English guy pronouncing a fair. French name. Yeah,
2: yeah, better than most people I've heard pronounce well, it. So. <laughs> Well, there we go.
0: Worst things have happened, you know, like it could have been uh, like, this is uh, a line S T. Yeah. (laughs) Which. uh, Be thankful that it wasn't.
2: (laughs) You could have used Like, uh, like Google or something, you know, where you just type in a name and just let that pronounce it for you.
0: Oh, I know, right, actually. I should have done that.
1: I'll add that in afterwards. Yeah, thank post. you, Dan. <laughs> I appreciate that. Post. I appreciate
0: but hello, welcome to the podcast. Um, thank you. So I obviously know who you are because we have worked together in the past and had an amazing time whilst doing so, but Dan doesn't know you uh, at all, as neither do any of anyone in the chat right now. So for the sake of everyone listening now and potentially in the future as well, Aveline, who are you and what do you do?
2: Um, well, I'm Aveline, as you know by now. Uh, I work as a software engineer uh, over at Klarna, which is a finance tech company, a bit spread out all over the world, helping you buy stuff a lot easier. Uh, which is, of course, a big leap away from what I used to do, which was game development uh, at Dice. Mm-hmm. And we got to work together a few times. On, uh yes, let's we see. Did. Was it Battlefront?
0: Uh, Battlefront and Battlefield, I believe.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we didn't so... work together on Battlefield One though. But
0: no, I I left the company at that point. I went to work at where did I go at that point? Bat- I think I was at Playground. Playground Games working on Border Horizon Three. Hmm. So while well, you were off making one of the greatest uh Battlefield games of our generation, uh, I missed all of that. I mean, I was working on a really cool project, and I love what we ended up making but but there is a slight pang of uh like polite jealousy, shall we say like I'm sad I missed out, but um, we still got to work together afterwards anyway, so that's that's the important thing. Yeah. Um, you helped me uh, do all kinds of UI shenanigans back when I was doing UI design, so
2: yep. Trying to introduce you into uh, how we actually build things, but from a coding instead of a design perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah, I re- it was I, pretty I, cool. I, I remember that. So, if anyone looks at any of those games and goes, "God, the UI is terrible," blame Avalon.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> me, me, and a couple of <laughs> other people. <laughs> um, I can I can tell you the names some sometime.
0: <laughs> no, we don't We don't want to start any witch hunts mm-hmm. yet um but um how did you go about in uh joining uh dice because that's quite a a, a prestigious well known uh company Did you work anywhere else beforehand? was that your first job as you came on in or um had you worked in other industries before and come in after that
2: um. Well, I started at Dice in 2016, and like right before that, I was kind of like you just graduated. Um, it's not really university, it's not really college, but like kind of an applied university kind of degree thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had worked as a uh, IT, uh, what is it called, IT consultant at several smaller companies in Belgium at the time. Uh mm-hmm. and my partner at the time uh was looking for a job uh and was applying for a job in Sweden and I was like, Oh, I'll just try and apply for a job in Sweden as well. He did not get his job and I did. <laughs> and then I got him a job <laughs> yeah. at the I same mean, company. Fair. So Oh <laughs> fair, fair yeah. well, well done. Such a um... romantic story, like
0: yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a full-blown adventure of, of a story, that one, but um, you said you, I didn't realize you'd worked there from 2016, you, you were there for quite a while then, so, so what titles did you work on in, in the end?
2: I started on Battlefield 1, um, okay. where I mainly did like the menus and uh, well, anything you see when you start up the game uh and then after that i worked on battlefront 2 where i got my first taste of actual game development depending on who you ask uh <laughs> i got to work on some cool like co-op stuff after that was uh, battlefield 5
0: so that's this brings up actually an interesting question that i want to delve into a little bit there is like what what makes uh, you think people say that where you worked on or what you worked on on Battlefield 1 wasn't actual game development? Do you believe what they're saying or do you think that's a whole pile of hot garbage?
2: I can see it from both sides, um, considering the way that we built the menus and things. It's built with uh, front-end web technologies, with like JavaScript, HTML, anything you use to build a website is what we use to build those sure. menus. Uh, and since we basically only touched the menus and maybe the pause screen, it didn't really feel like it was actual game development as much. Uh whereas on Battlefront 2 I actually ended up touching things in the game like in the HUD or any other parts of it.
3: Okay, like
0: cause cause personally I think if you contribute to the game, you are on the game team because it all yeah. it all funnels into the same like output, right? Like
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, it depends it depends on how uh deep you you go into uh like like the segregation of of different disciplines and all of that right like i don't i don't see uh any actual um difference in you working on the game or you're not working on the game if on like on the actual game if uh you're still working on how someone interfaces with the game how they play with the game and all of that yeah like, just just because um it's not how how the guns behave or how the vehicles behave doesn't mean it's not a essential part of the game, right? So I know that irks me a little bit that 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 yeah. that, that was said, but um personally I think it's it's bullshit <laughs> personally, <laughs> but um yeah, I, I, I will fight that cause and die on that hill. Um,
2: I will join you on that hill, to be honest. Do it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely do it. But um, obviously that took you to uh, Stockholm in Sweden. But you mentioned you worked in Belgium as well before. Where else in the world have you worked?
2: Um, Well, I never worked in the Netherlands, but that is where I'm from uh okay. well i never worked that's also kind of an understatement i mean i had many jobs and shops and things like that um that,
0: i mean it's not game dev but but it's it is still working it counts as working in, in yeah. other countries because this this just really interests me because i you either speak to people who have never left the area they're from or are like globetrotters and end up in places all over the world so um yeah carry on sorry
2: yeah, no, I was I was just trying to gather my thoughts. Oh, yeah, because in the Netherlands was where I got my first taste of like coding and development and uh, how I like where I learned how to build my first website and where I built mm-hmm. my first very much animated with GIF uh, Neopets shop, if you know what that is
0: you worked on yeah. neopets
2: well you yeah. mean everyone who played neopets had their like shop that you could have you could customize yeah, yeah. it and of course i did that and
0: uh, oh my and god okay so, I was... so for, for a moment there i was about to lose my actual mind if you told me that you worked on the actual neopets because oh. holy holy, shit. <laughs> no, holy no, no, shit no 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 <laughs> like, like, like that's a blast from the past but but you know like That storefront was complex as all hell. I I remember, I think I looked at it once as like an 11-year-old, 12-year-old Stevie and went, no, I'm just going to go back to, what was it, the giant omelette that you could get omelette from every day or something? Oh, yeah, with the Um,
2: dinosaur.
0: Yeah, 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 Oh,
2: it's been, I tried to log in recently and it still looks the same,
0: kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed it's still around. Yeah, but that even got a reaction out of you, Dad. Did you do the whole Neopets thing?
1: Uh, like my sister did, but I just remember it. Like, like, it wasn't involved with it. But if someone says it, instantly goes to it. My mind goes to that.
0: Okay. Well, I won't be talking to you at length then about what kind of Neopets you had and which ones were the best and weren't and whatnot. Um, we'll <laughs> save that for another day, shall we, Avalon, When when we're yes. not surrounded by. Non neo petters. Tusk, um, tusk. I'm sorry. I just leave. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Bye.
4: Um,
0: so, so how was it that you ended up going from web design into UI design? Or in your mind, is that not actually too far from the same thing?
2: Um. um well, I mean, I I graduated as a like computer science bachelor like you just know generic programming you learn programs but I was always more interested in in web development and kind of how people use the internet Uh, and jumping into UIs coming from a background where I've played too many games over my like lifespan by now uh, and I've tried to build my own game here and there but always failed horribly Uh, just coming from that background I just felt like UI wasn't that far of a leap Uh, and I had seen that there were some frameworks and things around where you could use your knowledge of web uh, web development to build games and that kind of like propelled me into it.
0: That's really 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 interesting actually because the Mm -hmm. journey I had on it was um, it had been areas that I dabbled into in the past because prior to working with you on UI on Star Wars uh i'd been a level designer a game designer qa tester and all of that right um and the only reason i went into ui was having had previous like moments of experience with people at criterion on it before when we'd worked
3: on need for speed um but more of a um here's an opportunity to come and work on this project would you like it? Yes, I do want
0: to work on this project. So I, I will come and work on UI, having never actually fully expected to end up in this side of development ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of fell into it, whereas it sounds like you actively seeked it. Has it always been a thing that has actively drawn your attention or is it just the whole user experience uh, I say just it's that's a huge thing uh, user experience interface side of it that's that's appeal to you
2: well, I've, I've been playing uh, this certain game called uh, World of Warcraft for 15 years now.
0: Never heard of it. No?
2: Never, never. heard of i Never, okay, I'll never just, even
0: played it on our channel.
2: I'll just leave now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I even got a tattoo representing the Horde. I mean, now
0: that's, that's dedication, I mean, by the way, Alliance yeah. all the way. Um, <laughs> for the Alliance and all that.
2: Hey, no, 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 for the Horde. For the Horde. Mm-hmm. This divides people, by the way. I
0: mean, um, I, I I created a character on stream called uh, oh Benedict no. yeah.
1: com- com- Sir Benedict Cumber Snoz. Snoz,
0: yeah. Sir Benedict Cumber Snoz, whose mission in life was to try and get with and sleep with every NPC that he could. <laughs> um,
2: alliance?
0: Oh, straight up Alliance. Uh, I think Okay. He was, what, what was he? A wizard
3: dwarf?
4: Yes.
0: It... it- uh, Going around shooting his frost bolts all over everyone's faces. Oh my! It was. (laughs) We we streamed that one time. I don't think people wanted to go back. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good time. It's a good time for me anyway. Sounds sounds pretty fun. Um. The the only other experiences I've got from World of Warcraft are trying to play it and not getting into it, and then the very first time trying to play it where I got banned, um, permanently banned. Yeah.
2: What did you do?
1: How did you get banned? <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. We've gone off topic, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue with this. Um,
1: did you make another sexually aggressive dwarf?
0: <laughs> no. No, no. So this was... I, I can't remember if this was before Burning Crusade came out the first time, or if it was just after, but it was around that time period, right? mm-hmm. like the 2006, 2007 era. And... Oh that would have been even earlier, actually. And um a friend of like this was during the period where it was getting crazy popular. South Park had just released an episode on it and all yeah. of that shit. And um, everyone was getting getting into it. And I was losing all my friends to it. Like my, the people I would hang out with at the weekend, I'd be like, "Let's let's hang out. Let's go on. like bowling or round each other's houses and hang out and what? Oh, let's play some Smash or something." They're like, "No, no, we're playing World of Warcraft." It's like, I, "You should come play." I'm like, "I don't want." I, like I, I, wasn't in the ability to to do it. One, I didn't have a computer powerful enough, and two, didn't. Re- Mum wasn't really having able to have the income to support paying a subscription that was like at that point still like 12 pound a month or something yeah
2: it was quite Um, expensive as like at that age at least for sure exactly
0: right so Mm -hmm. it was like no i can't i I can't play it like i can just about get away with runescape which was like (laughs) at the time like two or three quid a month you know like i can't do world of warcraft i'm sorry but but you know that obviously and for quite right reasons didn't stop everyone else from playing so I lost all my friends, and that created quite a stigma in me for uh, against World of Warcraft. I was like, fuck this game. It's costing me all my friends. It can go to hell and whatnot.
4: Aww. Fast
0: forward a bit. Um, a friend's brother, who was into building computers, built himself a new computer and offered to sell his old computer to me for, I don't know, like 100 quid, which I bought because it, it smashed the shit out of my old Windows XP machine. And um, my my mate, his younger brother, was like, oh, that means you can come play World of Warcraft with us. i like, I don't want to play World of Warcraft. He's like, no, no, I've got a free trial. You can come and play World of Warcraft. I'm like, I don't want to play World of Warcraft. He snuck on to the machine that his brother had reformatted for, for me and installed World of Warcraft and this whatever it was, 10-day free trial or something. So when I, built, when I booted it up, there it was, and I got a text message from saying, now you can come and play
3: so I was like oh fucking fine
0: (laughs) so I booted it up um, and went on the like I think I tried to find the lowest population server I could Um, and it was a server that had RP in brackets next to it didn't know what that meant at the time turns out it means role playing
2: yes it does
0: (laughs) and (laughs) uh, I created a character I think it was an elf I don't know what what, Alliance or Horde, it was on, I ended up starting in a forest somewhere. Um, And within moments, someone came up to me and was like, is thou ready to begin thy adventure on whatever the name of the planet is? Um, And I replied with, get the fuck away from me, you weirdo. (laughs) <laughs> what I also did, unknowingly, because <laughs> that was more of a scramble to get the, uh, the chat interface up, was I did that on MapChat. Um, and I learned very quickly, and it's a lesson I've, I've still taken to this day, uh, that the role-playing community is very close-knit and they back each other up big time. If you slight one of them or go after one of them, they will hound you, um, mm-hmm. which they did. I suddenly like he, he then broadcast in mapchat like this guy's a dickhead or and, in, in, in more role-play terms and probably not dickhead. But I'm summarizing here. Um, and basically everyone rallied around him. And suddenly I was in a situation of basically going, and you can go fuck yourself, and you can go fuck yourself, <laughs> and you can go fuck yourself to, to all these people, right? Um,
2: oh, well. Lord, Stevie. Right,
0: um, And apparently it was a slow day on in uh, Blizzard that day um, where it warranted a GM presence because a GM turned up, and, uh, which is apparently a big thing. And he, he was like, and quite rightfully, I want to point out, quite rightfully, was like, in a more professional sense, you're being an arsehole. Could you stop being an arsehole? And I went, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself. Because I didn't really know what a GM was, right? <laughs> okay. Didn't, didn't have any idea what the fuck that meant or what <gasps> oh, no. what it was for. Um, moments later, I was booted back to the login screen. I was like, okay, did I lose connection? Tried to log back in. You have been permanently banned.
4: I was like, okay.
0: Sent, uh, took a screenshot of it, sent it to my mate and went, I tried. (laughs) Can't play World of Warcraft now. I'm sorry. You tried a little bit too hard.
1: um, Yeah. Yeah. You just fucked everyone off. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. I want to point out that it was quite rightfully place ban i deserved that right? yes yeah but uh yeah that, that 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 was how it went down <laughs> and <out>, now and <laughs> i went so um i didn't try world of warcraft again uh until well one i had a new email i think that was on my old blue yonder email if anyone remembers blue yonder um mm. and no. uh i think the first time i tried world of warcraft again was after the warcraft movie had come out and me and a friend went to see it um and i played it did for you about tell everyone days.
1: in the theater to fuck off
0: <laughs> no no because quite literally it was only me and him in the theater and it was only like a week and a half after it had come out apparently nobody cared um and i watched that film and went the visuals were pretty i don't have a fucking clue what's going on though um so my mate was like, okay, you should probably play some World of Warcraft. Uh, there's like a free version you can play now. And I was like, yeah, all right, fuck it, fine. Because at this point, I, I like devoted my life to MMOs at this point. Uh, Guild Wars 2, Guild Wars 1. Oh, um, yeah, been there. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen at that point, Final Fantasy eleven, All kind, all manner of MMOs. I was like, fuck it, I may as well try the, like, the big daddy of them all, give it another shot. Played like two days, never went back. Kinda of nothing grabbed me apart from the the, the weird blah, blah 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 creatures. Murlocs. <laughs> Boy, Murlocs, that's it.
2: Uh, um, I have a friend who is the biggest fan of Murlocs. Like she has she has a hat and she has tattoos and her, her nickname is uh, Queen of Murlocs. I mean,
1: and she's yeah, an amazing
2: fair. human being. Like <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I mean,
0: it, it says a lot about my uh, my impression of them that you got it instantly as well. Yeah. Um, I, spot on. So, but yeah, the moment I saw those the first time, I fell in love with them until they absolutely slaughtered me. It turns out they're pretty powerful, um, and yeah, never went back. And then I was like, okay, um, I can I can I can talk about this now actually because it's 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 in the past. I was interviewing at Blizzard. Um, and I was like, okay, if I'm interviewing for the World of Warcraft team, I should probably know a thing about, or some things about World of Warcraft. And I decided to try out their uh, leveling experience, which was basically non existence before uh, Shadowbringers, I've been told. And that that was the case. And I didn't really understand what the fuck was going on. Um, And then I tried it during Shadowbringers for a bit more, still didn't understand what the fuck was going on, and have never gone back. And that is Stevie's history of World of Warcraft.
3: That was an epic tale. It was an epic tale.
2: That's quite (laughs) the tale, yeah.
3: (laughs) So... um, wow yeah, it
0: it's it, it it's been it's been an interesting experience to say the least you have clearly had a much better one than i have ever had so
2: i mean like
0: do do you still play it yes okay
2: <laughs> i mean it's been a bit on and off lately with uh, a lot of stuff going on in real life but um I've basically over the last fifteen years. I think I usually play like for a year, and then I take a few months break, and then I play for another year or so, and then yeah, so it goes on basically. Uh, that's
0: fair. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's the loop I have with Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, it's it's, it's it's inescapable.
2: That's actually what I just started playing last month again. Oh my god! Really? Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes.
0: Uh well. We're lucky we've got your attention now, because You're about to disappear for about six months.
2: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that game. That game is a swallower of time and existence.
2: Yeah, I I just played through the first like big chunk of story of the original game, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start with the next expansion. Oh wait, no, there's all of these other quests you need to do from the extended bit of the original well, game, yeah, yeah. and the, then uh, you, the, you can the go. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, so one thing,
0: and and we're getting into game design philosophy now, which which I don't mind getting into. But it's one thing that I absolutely love about Final Fantasy fourteen that I absolutely detest about WoW, and that is they have a structure. Like you start a character, you start the beginning, and you go on the journey. It is a story. Whereas in World of Warcraft, they don't give a fuck, and you can go wherever the fuck you want. They throw. If you start at let's say Legion, for example, you're spawned in the Legion. Hub area, and suddenly you'll be given post uh, patch Legion quests uh, for an expansion you haven't even completed yet, and you're like, I don't, I don't know where the fuck I go or or whatnot, and it drives me up the fucking wall, and it's the biggest reason I fell out with that game.
2: Yeah, um, I I have to add that like uh, you you called it Shadowbringers by the way. I didn't want to correct you, but it's Shadowlands.
0: oh oh, you're right actually you are right i am i am a disgrace
2: yeah how dare you (sighs) next time he does
1: that just stop him dead in his tracks and be like oi no bad (laughs) it's wrong
2: i don't think i've ever uttered those words ever i mean maybe i I should try i'm I'm not i'm not
0: gonna be that guy but you know Final Fantasy XIV comes out with Shadowbringers, uh, and a year later, Wells like, oh yeah, look, we're going with Shadowlands. Oh.
2: Yeah, I know. Uh, I I managed to go to BlizzCon that year when they announced uh, uh, Shadowlands, and you could play like a tiny you, bit of the you, the you quest stuff. You were at that BlizzCon? Yes, I've been uh, there twice. Like,
0: I mean, that's incredible unto itself. The uh, the the scary thing is. Like I had three or four different friends from different friends groups who were at that BlizzCon that year.
2: <laughs> Seriously?
0: There's some weird, weird like merging going on here. I don't know. There's I'll, just a weird circumstances. Uh, yeah, because apparently there's such a thing
2: at- as, as a major and a minor BlizzCon, like the big ones is where they announce like all the games and it's usually a two year cycle. So the one after is slightly smaller. And then the one after okay. that is a lot bigger again. And apparently, the first one I went to was a smaller one, and then the second one was one of the big ones, uh, which is right, pretty cool. Okay.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because if if you look at the um, uh, like on stage announcement and deeper dive into of uh Diablo Four and hmm. of uh Shadowlands. Uh, Whenever it cuts to the crowd, you'll see this really bald guy at the front just mouth open, agape, just in awe with a beard. His name's Ben. It's not me. I go skiing with him. (laughs) No, it's not you, Dan. I'd be absolutely shocked if it was, um, considering you don't play any Blizzard games. But um, yeah, his name's Ben. I go fucking skiing with him. He's an amazing guy. But uh, but every fucking shot, because I was watching that live, I was like, is that Ben? That is fucking Ben. What the fuck is Ben doing there? So I had to text him, like, are you at BlizzCon right now? He's like, yeah, yeah, I am. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so if you go back and look, that's Ben. Say hello to Ben, everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't find myself on any of the streams or anything. I think there was like a pan shot of the audience where it was like mm-hmm. near the row where I was sitting. But it's... It's still like it's 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 a crazy experience, and it's kind of sad that I mean, given the whole current state of the world, that there wasn't really a big event uh, last they year. It did an online one, right? Yeah, there was an the online one, but it's it didn't feel the same. Uh, although we tried to make it the same by having viewing par- viewing parties and uh, hang mm-hmm. on Discord, and you know, kind of the same thing where you just have a drink and have a laugh, and yeah. Um, but what oh, I was that's the fun side of gaming. I was getting at something with that actually. I was getting to a okay. point and now I'm like trying to rewind in my head what we were talking about, which was <laughs> uh a bit of a game design and not knowing where you're going in a game or like not being oh, directed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. so what they did in the latest expansion is that they added a lot of more like in-game markers and like pointers as to where you should be going like the story is a bit more the first time you play through the story is actually kind of linear and you actually have Mm -hmm. a feeling like you're a part of it after that you can choose whatever you want to do but they've added these like markers in the world so you actually know where you need to go no longer is it like yeah you need to go north but do i go up or down or Mm -hmm. through this thing or so it's a lot more more helpful, um, and I actually oh, think so the yeah yeah okay. yeah, and the quest design and like uh, the flow of things is, is so much better as well. I mean, I've played through it. Uh, <laughs> I've played through it eleven times now because for some reason I like leveling characters, and uh, Jesus fuck, yeah okay. yeah, it's still fun, <laughs> still fun. So
0: Jesus fuck, that that is a huge time commitment, but it, it's actually. That's actually a point I want, uh, want to get into because that highlights the, the importance of a understandable, readable, and cohesive uh, UI uh, system. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's, it's one of the most important reasons behind uh, why games need UI is to broadcast what it is you need to do, where it is you need to go, and then it's backed up by things such as narrative delivery methods, uh, gameplay systems, and things like that that, that deliver your, your game as a whole right yeah um and I think that was one of the reasons that pissed me right the fuck off with um with World of Warcraft because it, it's an there, there are known solutions to it there are known ways of doing things like how you present certain information and how you deliver certain aspects of story and how you deliver gameplay systems um how you gate it how you unlock it and all of that kind of stuff and they were just like I don't give a fuck about any of that we do it our way and that's that's how it goes right yeah um, it's and it's a thing that I've noticed in a lot of companies where they instead of looking outwards, they only look inwards unto themselves of okay, so this is how we did it last time. How can we better what we did last time rather than look at what else, what the competition's doing, and benefit from, from their learnings and mm-hmm. evolve what we create into that. Um so in your experience working in uh, dice and whatnot in the past, how, how would you say that that went down? Like, because uh, dice from an outside perspective has always felt a little bit set in their ways. And I don't even mean that from a developer perspective, but from a, a gameplay perspective, like from a gamer perspective, like Battlefield still very much plays like Battlefield always has. Yeah. Right. Um, the actual second to second nature of Battlefront two is not very different from battlefield uh, from Battlefront one yeah right? um, how, how do you think that that was like working in? do you think that was a good thing or, or a detrimental thing in the end? Um,
2: I mean I, I feel like um, when you talk about a franchise or just a, a certain game, uh, like when you say battlefield, there's these certain things that just go with battlefield like how you explain, like, the, the way of playing it and just just the whole experience. There, there's a, a battlefield experience. Sure. Uh, and I feel like from, uh, from a UI perspective, uh, if you kind of look through all the games, they have all kind of been the same way, but that's because a lot of the elements actually work for how the game is trying to represent itself. Like... We prioritize you being able to see what's happening to your weapons over what's happening on the map or other things. Like you, lower priority things go on the outside, and higher priority things go around the middle of your screen, like your your HUD. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one thing that we did do is that uh, occasionally, uh, we well, occasionally we have uh, some user researchers as well that do, uh, yeah on paper studies with actual people but they also do analysis of uh, existing games uh, where we compare existing games that might not be exactly the same like they might not be a shooter but we're trying to see like okay what are they doing what's working for them and we've taken some learnings from that and applied those to to both uh, Battlefield and Battlefront without making it feel like you're actually playing a different game because that's the okay, problem that's when you copy like when you how do you say it it's better to copy something that works than to try and reinvent it yourself and it doesn't yeah. work it's i don't yeah. know if that's the right way to say it um, yeah
0: no i and i get that mentality i it, it's actually um uh a, a way that i think about a lot of stuff that i work on uh is okay so what what do you want from me let's let's say hypothetically just thinking so. let's quest system yeah we're working on the quest system so okay first things first what other games have done quests what ones have been good what ones have been bad let's look at why okay um, and then that gives us a foundation of something to build up on because you obviously you obviously don't just want to be like okay let's just do the world of warcraft quest system let's just copy that right because mm people will look at it and go, well, that's just the World of Warcraft one. Or, or yeah. you know, like, even if it did something grand spanking new, like the fact that every game right now is copying the um, Apex ping system, right? Now there's a side of it that is, um, yeah, okay, there's the accessibility side of it, which they revolutionized, but also it's not going to revolutionize your game. The revolutionary aspect of it has happened. The wow factor has gone. Um, they did it. They got that. So by just copying that whole cell into your game, you're not going to get any medals or well done. That's amazing. Mm. Congratulations. It's, oh, it's, it's the ping system.
2: But good. people also you won't know. be distracted by the fact that you have such a good ping system because they already know it from the other game and they will be able to experience more of the other aspects of the actual game because of it.
0: True. Very true. Um, it's, it's to look at it as a base to build upon right? I I think the fault happens is when, one, you don't look at that base, you just assume that you know what you're doing um, which companies I've worked for have been infamous for Um, and the other one is to look at something and just go, well, let's just copy that whole cell let's just copy that whole thing in let's not adapt it in any way, shape or form and it's like, okay, well that wasn't built for this game that wasn't built for this in mind, you know. So we can't just copy this wholesale. We can't just put that in and expect it to work full time. Um, I don't. I don't see what it is you're trying to accomplish here. Is it a shortcut? Is is that what this is? Because if so, we need to have a conversation around why we're doing shortcuts. Right, um,
2: that's a whole other conversation,
0: <laughs> and it really, really, really is. And we can get into that, and we might actually get into that at a certain point because there is a, a part of your life at Dice that I want to get into a bit um, mm. around project management that leads to like crunch culture and, and all of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, that is a very, very, very different uh, uh, topic, but it's it's always that, because working on a franchise, as you say, it's always that fine line that you don't want to change too much. Whereas, well, I say that. I, I want to go in and change everything every, t- every time because I, I, I look through life with, with rose-tinted glasses and reckon that we can do absolutely everything under the sun <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. and there
0: won't be any repercussions at all whatsoever. And that's why I need producers in my life to be like, Stevie, dial it down, slow it down that doesn't need to change. And I'm like, yeah, but it does, really. And like, no, it doesn't. And eventually, I see what they're saying. But um, having such an iterative franchise um, process, I guess, um, makes those conversations of what do we change, how do we change it quite difficult, especially when it comes to how a
3: player experiences your game, right? Because it is such an important thing. Um, So. Basically, I guess
0: what the point I'm trying to get at at is (laughs) after, I don't know, what, like
3: 10, 15 (laughs) minutes of conversation is, um, like, how would you say, like, how how do you work out what it is that
0: is, um, like, beneficial to to change in terms of a user experience? Um, And that's, that's not a uh tell us your process it's more of a no what is the thought process behind it like how, how, how how do you get from um looking at a games uh like a previous games um development and release of a certain feature and go okay no that needs to change uh on a user experience front for people who are interested in getting into uh ui ux gui
4: kind of stuff
3: Um,
2: I mean, the process is usually also not one that you kind of do by yourself. Uh, and because of this, that, this
0: was your opportunity to be like, oh yeah, I did everything. Just... I did. It's all. Oh
2: Lord. Uh, there, there,
0: <laughs> there might've been 500 people in the studio, <laughs> but I was the only UI person
2: there. <laughs> oh no. yeah. Um, I mean, that, that actually almost happened at one point. Um, um oh I, god no i I, don't, <laughs> I i i don't actually want to go into that but that almost happened um but what i would do is to find uh one of course a broad range of of games or or other things as well like uh you would be surprised how much is out there nowadays on the web as well uh when it comes to like how do people navigate things how do people use I don't know. I don't know if anyone even heard of like, you know, the hamburger menu that like slides out. I don't know if anyone Mm -hmm. heard of that, like, what, 15 years ago, because it didn't exist Mm -hmm. at that point. And now it's a standard thing. And I feel like if you're trying to to learn more about UX and like trying to get into it, it feels uh, good to be able to analyze different different games or different kinds of media to see what works for the case that you're working on. Like, let's say you're building, uh, like you said, the quest system. Yeah, you just basically what you said. You you go and check other games and have a look and see how they are doing things. And then, of course, you want to make sure that you make it your own, because just copy-pasting things is not always the best thing. But sometimes it can also help you out uh, with at least getting an idea of what you should be doing. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no,
0: that's, that's, that's fair. Hmm. The reason, I'm, I'm glad you agree with me on that because there was a little bit of a scandal. I say a scandal. It wasn't a scandal. It was a conversation at best, right? Uh, a couple of days ago uh, about Ubisoft because it, someone released an article saying um, Ubisoft creates armor based on the skin. or oh, lazy developers at Ubisoft in Assassin's Creed create armor that is a reskin of a previous set of armor. Um, and it's like, do you understand that 90% of everything that is done in game dev starts from a base of something that already exists? Yeah. Like, like what what do you think we do? Deny the existence of every other game that has ever been made? And <laughs> if we're making a sequel, go and delete every single thing that we created about that game and start from scratch every time?
2: Do you think is we that- just design whole houses? <laughs> like every time we need a new house, we just like grab like nothing and just be like the sims and just build a completely new house the whole time oh it's we take like what, what worked and we adjust it to what we need it's
0: like it's, it's it, it, it literally it literally blew my mind so i'm i'm on a quest at the moment like my own personal quest right now to educate um people more about how we uh develop games which mm. is what spurned that question before is um, and kind of the ultimate reason for why we bring game dev uh, fellow game devs on on this podcast because I want to prove that like I can sit here in my ivory throne and dictate to people how I would build a game <laughs> as I'm not the only person who makes games in this world right yeah. but what I want to point out is how a lot of people make games in the, in the same fashion right and and the the lessons that we learn and teach each other about how we work smarter rather than harder because otherwise we would never make a game again (laughs) like yeah like it's it's literally one of the hardest experiences i've ever had in my life i love it to pieces especially like especially when we go into like that filing phase when it all comes together it's something then you put it in people's hands and they play it and their faces light up and whatnot
2: I honestly, amazing. I can't describe what that's like because right before that phase like starts, you're like, ah, oh, this is never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's in pieces. It's like you're building IKEA furniture and y- you feel like all of the pieces are scattered <laughs> all over your apartment, and you have no idea how this is gonna be put together. I like think, the I wardrobe behind f- me. Like
0: exactly right. I think that's my favorite. Uh, description of it, right? And yeah. it is literally IKEA furniture, where, where like you're looking at the instructions, and then it's like, find the L-shaped bit of wood. You're like, we have an L-shaped bit of wood. What L-shaped bit of wood? What the fuck? This is how, new how to is me. the L-shaped <laughs> bit of wood gonna work? What the fuck is this? And then then it comes to finaling, and the L-shaped bit of wood can be like, I don't know, uh, a uh, subquest system or a, a uh, follower system or something like that. It's like, why the hell do we have this system? What, what is this for? What benefit is it? We, we don't have time to do it. Then you go into filing and it all comes together. You're like, actually, actually, this is a very important system. And it's yeah. Incredible. And we need to keep this right now. Deve- like put, put all of our effort onto this. My God, this is going to change the game. Um, and that just happens on so many different parts, just constantly. The last six months of the project is this like ours just, inject endorphins into my brain Uh.
2: it is the best period it's also one of the hardest ones because you 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 actually like also tend to physically push yourself to actually be able to to deliver it which is something you shortly touched upon as well but it's kind of it mixes passion with actually just all of these endorphins and things and you just you just get hyped and work and all of a sudden this thing is out there in the hands of so many people the first time when like when we released Battlefield 1 it was the first time I had released a game and I was just sitting there like oh my god there's millions of people out there that are now playing this game looking at things I worked on what the hell
3: it's, it's, it's and loving it right
2: Yeah, like yeah it's a
0: huge critical praise
2: um, for sure I think I kind of uh, got lucky, I grade, guess, rather. with that being my first game. I suppose. Uh, I mean, it's
0: not lucky if you developed uh, developed it with, with all your heart and best interests mm. and whatnot. It means it means what you were working on was the right things to be working on, and and yeah. it, you did it well. Like and as a collective, everyone did it well. Right? That's it's a really, really, really powerful thing. I mean, uh, and good thing.
2: A funny story I mean, coming into Battlefield is that I had no idea how to use most of the controls of the game, actually
0: oh well yeah (laughs) that's interesting i
2: i i found out how to uh use my parachute um a couple of months before release i think um oh nice because (laughs) before well we had always been testing levels where you like start on the ground instead and then all of a sudden there was one where you needed to jump out of a plane and i was like i have no idea what i'm doing am i supposed to press this button
0: just falling (laughs) to your death repeatedly
2: yeah occasionally
0: yeah 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 um, I mean, I mean, it's the same with games I've worked on where, uh, like in Fortnite Runs, I didn't know we had AI battles that I like until I played the demo for that game live mm-hmm. on uh, whatever console uh, Xbox. I was like, it's telling me to race against a random AI, that's a thing. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. (laughs) Like, literally in the hands of millions of players at that point. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Star Wars. uh, I didn't know that all of the maps had uh, some flight capability in them. Like, you could spawn in as an airship. It's literally there on the fucking spawn menu. I just got distracted by stormtroopers and heroes. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You know? Um, Firestorm uh, yeah. what was it th- something I didn't know about um, oh uh, our public events um, got uh, the rewards from them got better I believe as uh, the game went on to help uh narrow it down so i just thought one day when i did a public event i got super lucky that i got six uh v6 rocket or v2 rocket flares whatever they were Mm -hmm. the ones that let you summon in a rocket powerful enough to wipe out the map yeah 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 uh i I was like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever no no that's just uh the game's trying to get you to kill people faster so that the game can end (laughs) um so it's like okay Okay, <laughs> things I didn't know um, yeah but uh yeah i think I think learning uh things as as you go is kind of a staple of ver of, of A game design because there's so many things in those games, especially when we talk about battlefield and for sure and whatnot right there's those there's rarely
2: just one person that knows actually everything i mean there's people that know a lot about the game and usually they're actually people from the community that know more about the game than the actual developers because we tend to only look at a a, a part of the game that you work on maybe a little bit more and then there's the playtest but we never really understand the whole game and all of the aspects that go into it like there's so many online related things like uh if you see like some kind of news post being shown in the game and stuff there's a whole online system that needs to be built for that there's a whole place where people can put those articles in like you you don't even think about those things usually when you're actually working on the game and then you see Mm -hmm. those and you're like oh wait that's also a part of the game
3: Mm -hmm. no that's it Mm. it's it's it is somewhat
0: concerning in its own right, right because because as developers we should know the product that we're making it's just there's no fucking way this is, it's impossible <laughs> you yeah. know Yeah. Un- unless unless we dedicated like far more time than we actually can to reading the documentation or uh playing the game build as as outside of the the small sphere of influence that we have
2: what what um, documentation though like
0: Oh, come on. Come on. Don't, don't, don't you be starting this. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote um, fucking millions of words. Oh,
2: Get I, out of here. I wrote <laughs> many, many, uh, pages of documentation. Um, um, when I first left dice, because I, I left and I came back a few months later. Uh, sure. I, I wrote so much documentation before I left. Like literally you can just find all the things that people asked me. Uh, As soon as they asked me that, I would put it in a page and write a whole thing about it. Mm -hmm. And I would still have people messaging me via Facebook or via Twitter like, hey, uh, I know I don't want to bother you, but do you know this? And I'm like, read (laughs) the documentation. Read the effing manual just it's it's
0: it's actually getting to the point now where i'm actually considering just making like audiobook versions of my documentation at this point i'll just record myself talking about it so that people can listen to it while they work because people will listen to like the same fucking album on loop 40 times while they work i and i'm not i'm not throwing shade there i have listened to metallica master of puppets on loop for an entire day before i have listened to the this is ramstein playlist on spotify for a fucking week on end all right you do what you need to to get through a day's work right um but if you can listen to that on loop you can listen to me talk about uh i know something uh for for the 20 minutes it would take me to read through it uh rather than the eye-rolling of uh, and non-actual commitment that anyone has to reading documentation mm. ever. Because the moment you slap a wall of text in anyone's face, no. No. <laughs> like, I, I, I have literally looked at documentation before, for key features before and gone, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and, and I'm a designer. 90% of my job is writing documentation. And even I look at it and go, I don't want to read that. <laughs> i don't want to read that at all
2: (laughs) that is something that they've done pretty well at my my current place uh, of employment at at Klarna, they have uh, an, an onboarding process with like quite a few like videos and like some smaller quizzes and things like that and they give you like three-month period to look through all those things and you can actually like block out time in your schedule to spend some time on looking at those things and they don't just slap a wall of text in your face it's like it's a little bit of text and then there might be a video and there might be a question thingy so it's like it's a little bit more interactive than just reading a a book like like Mm -hmm. one of those books that i have there like yeah there those books Related but to computer the problem, science.
0: The problem with documentation, it doesn't even take you on a nice story or anything, right? It, no. It's literally just like, um at least the documentation I write, because I read over it as well, and I'm like, Jesus fuck, this is dull, <laughs> right? Um, but it's like, well, you know, like, what, how, how, how do I make uh, a desired gameplay system uh, break down exciting, uh, Other than making it like when it does when. In this particular case, do this. In this particular case, do this. When it does this, do this. When these two planets align and the sun's mass equals the weight of something or other, do this. You know? Um, Yeah. It just just gets... it just gets dull very quickly.
2: Usually I would have documentation and then like um, a, a FAQ in the bottom, which literally lists those things that you were talking about. Like, you know, the literal questions people ask me with like the yeah. literal answer or like a link to that <laughs> section of my documentation. Like this is where you find that answer. And this is where you find that answer.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's. Fair actually. I wonder if it's just a game different. Like, like what's documentation like in the uh in the healthcare sector, Dan?
1: Lots of power slides, uh, PowerPoint like mm. presentations and slideshows. And...
0: Do do you at least have animated word art to make things more exciting?
1: Um, some people do, and they <laughs> go the extra mile and have like swoopy words. Oh. And because I'm like a ADHD brain, I, I just get distracted quite easily. And um
0: I think I think that's my problem as well. Like I read three <laughs> lines and I'm like suddenly my, my eyes have unfocused and I'm thinking about dinner even though it's eleven o'clock in the morning or something and I'm like, oh shit. What 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 did I do again? Well what, what did I yeah. just read? Oh, I'll read it again. Um
2: you could just be rereading things the whole time and yeah. just be like, I, I still don't know what this says. I I read it I don't know ten times and Yeah.
0: But um it's good to know it's not just uh it's not just Game development that, that mm. fucks it in terms of documentation, and, and no one no one enjoys reading it. Um, but you I think mentioned like a
1: general human thing. Well, this is it, right? You learn better by like watching like videos and listening to stuff rather than just reading.
0: Maybe I should record videos of interpretive dance versions of documentation.
4: Yes. Mm. Wait, can and you when can you give...
3: health reaches five percent? They
0: <laughs> fall to the floor.
2: <laughs> I was about to say, and please give us a demonstration of this interpretive dance. And like-
0: enter the bleed out state, where the world turns red, <laughs> and they hear their heartbeat pounding through their chest, oh. and have thirty seconds to be revived before they die and leave this world.
2: Or they can speed it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I kid. I reckon people would pay attention. I don't know how many yeah. I could do before I exhaust my known repertoire of dance moves, but but there we go, right?
2: Yeah, it was very entertaining. Um, eventually,
1: <laughs> Eventually, we was you sat in a bath wearing like a dressing gown, <laughs> drinking I mean, a bottle I, of whiskey, crying, I, <laughs> talking about the end of
0: no, that's. That's for when the controversies hit. And this is actually a question <laughs> I want to, I want to uh, dive a little bit into, uh, Avalyn, is um, obviously we mentioned before around uh, Battlefield 1 and that came out really well. And it was, everything's amazing. Everyone did a great job. Let's fucking party and celebrate. Um, I've spoken about it with Adam on the podcast before, because we've had Adam on before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we spoke about the controversies of... Star Wars Battlefront 2 um, from our perspective in Criterion what was it like in DICE that must have been some of the most painful days fucking ever and again I'm not, uh, this, is, this is for the sake of uh, for any gamers listening there when, when you decide to tell game developers that they're the worst fucking people ever how fucking dare they bear in mind that this is the result you get um, there's an mm. education not a please just barrel for everyone so that people can get entertainment from your misery
2: um
3: are,
0: I promise
2: are we talking about around the release or are we talking about during development yes
0: was there miseries in both <laughs> uh, um, yeah let's
2: <laughs> well, let's clearly, yes. yeah yeah clearly
0: <laughs> um let's let's talk about uh release and commercial side of it first because I do want to get into because you you've left dice twice now yeah um and I want to get into that a little bit if that's okay but mm-hmm. first of all let's talk about um controversies for life in what was basically the head studio right um and how how what was your perspective on things in terms of yours and that studios because I actually don't know uh, we got taken off the project too fucking quickly for us to see any long-term effects in terms of DICE um, at Criterion. We, we, we spent a month working on, um, like, fixes for some of the big problems, um, at which point we kind of siloed because DICE went into protective mode. Uh, Criterion went into, let's fix what we fucking can. Mm. And... Um, following that it was yeah we're not working on it anymore instead let's work on firestorm so how how did that go
2: yeah so during release there was obviously the whole controversy thing that came out regarding the loot boxes which i'm sure everyone has seen something of at some point i don't know if you have dan
1: but um, I heard quite a lot about it from Adam's Steve. Okay, yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> Put
0: it this way, even my nan heard about it. I got a phone oh, call wow. from my nan because it ended up on British News. Um, I got a phone call from my nan saying, why is the game that you worked on on um, News at 10 right now? And I'm like,
4: "Yeah,
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Nan. <laughs>
2: um so one of the things like uh it was one of the first games that i'd worked on that was uh where i got to work like directly in the game code and i got to work on some more core features rather than just the ui and uh one of the things that i built was the okay was the the page where you could buy those loot boxes uh because i mean we were okay it was you (laughs) yeah but do you have to understand that just as any other company you always have people above you taking orders or whatever from people above them and you know it's a whole hierarchy and it probably came from somewhere that was a good idea to have this right so we did that and we actually spent quite a lot of time, you know, in the whole like animations and fine tuning and the sounds and the things like that. And there's actually a lot of work that goes into that. And then that stuff happened. It's like, I spent so much time on this. We probably should have known at the time it wasn't a good idea and just turned it off because we had the capability of just turning it off and not having it at all. Um... Mm-hmm. But I guess no one thought of it because maybe the person who was supposed to make that call did not know that we could just turn it off like that or misinformed. So um,
0: from what I know, and I already this from working on arcade, working on the design side Mm -hmm. of it on arcade, is uh, we got told about um, certain aspects of that system about two weeks before it went to that public beta that we had Mm -hmm. like the 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 pre-order window which is a thing that i fucking detest ea marketing for um Mm -hmm. is their pre-order windows because every time you fucking ship a a game in a pre-order window you ship it without its day zero patch which has critical stability bug fixes in it so what you're doing is you're putting a Broken piece of software in the hand of your harshest critics, and then sit there and go, I don't understand why they're so hard against us and tell us that our games are bad. It's like, well, they're playing a bad version of the game, it's fucked, (laughs) it needs its day zero patch. Why are you giving it to them 10 days early anyway?
2: Yeah, but (laughs) even then, a day zero patch like it's not like we finish it off the day before you get the patch. It's done a couple of weeks before that, because it needs to right. go through testing and through verification. Exactly right. And like, we need to make sure that, for example, it doesn't just crash your console or we've seen weird things happen before.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and that's something that, that, that maybe some people don't realize is that like the cycle of the, like game development, we're actually kind of lagging behind all the time uh which is which is sad because sometimes you hear this feedback from someone and then you're like yeah we fixed it but this patch is coming out in like a month because we cannot release it right now but i know that we fixed it but i cannot tell Mm -hmm. you that we did because it's not out yet and that's one of the most frustrating parts um
3: yeah like i think that that
0: alludes to a thing that frustrates me a lot is just how non-vocal we can be about stuff like, we're actively not allowed to say, that thing you're upset about, it's fixed. It'll be out soon, I promise you. But I completely understand why you don't like it, but it's fixed. I promise you it's fixed. We we saw it. We're not inept. We saw it. We just couldn't get it in in time for release, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's towards the end, we don't want to make too much change to the build because if we fail testing chances are we don't release, and that's a problem.
4: Yes.
2: Um,
0: and like Because if you ask a game developer, the game will never release, right? Oh, yeah, and no, it's never
2: done. There's, there's always exactly, something right? to fix, always something to add, or polish, or especially polish. Always polish.
0: Like... Oh, so much polish. Forever <laughs> polish. But um, the um, frustration comes from just just the absolute belief of ineptitude that we have. But mm. anyway, we've diverted. Carry on on your uh, Star Wars controversy stories.
2: Uh, I'm not sure I actually want to add too much more to that. It was just, it is just a very <laughs> much of a y- yikes moment.
0: Um, I mean, fair. Entirely fair. Um, and we can, I'm more than happy to leave it there, but mm. um, was that like what did that translate into in terms of your um your life at DICE following on from that like how how did that change the studio
2: um did it it's i mean it started a couple of processes within DICE to like you know plan things a little bit better and like figure out things a lot better but of course uh game development is a couple of a year cycle so mm-hmm. even if you say the game is going to release next year chances are you're already in preprod So you're already working on something, Mm -hmm. um, which means that taking those lessons into a new project isn't always as easy uh, as it it seems. Um, But what I feel like um, kind of lacked at the time was a communication to the developers as well about, hey, yeah, so we learned these things. So let's try and already change them. But what they did instead is just do a studio wide like oh let's go and change everything at once instead of trying to change smaller things first. That would make life for developers and designers and product managers and t- alike just so much easier. And that just comes back to the thing where like small changes like some some companies just don't like small changes like they just want to do a big overhaul of everything like out with the old and in with the new, whereas just Hatching a small thing can already make life, current life, a lot better while you're transitioning to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for me, I ended up in a depression and nearly burnout cycle at that point. Mm-hmm. I was home for, for a month and then gradually went back to work because I just it, it just was too much for me. I just took on too much. And I've learned from that. Please don't ever let that happen to you. Like. Oh
0: no! I've uh, the 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 true, the sad nature of it is is yeah. um I've I've experienced burnout, uh myself. So yeah. I I completely know where where you, where you come from on that front. Like um, it's ultimately why I I am now in a different country. Mm. Um, and I've mentioned this before in 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 the past. I can't remember if it's on podcasts or on streams and whatnot, but. Um, working in a different, different studio in a different country and whatnot because I got to the point where if I stayed where I was any longer I'd have gone insane mm.
4: um,
0: and um, because it is a very 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 emotional job right you, you you pour so much passion and love into what you're building and with love comes frustration and uh, a, a huge amount of care, which can lead to happiness and anger and all the emotions. Oh right? yeah! Just because of how much you care and attach yourself to something, and when when things go wrong, it can crush you. When mm-hmm. things go continuously wrong, it can crush you. When things go wrong and nothing changes, that's fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just fuck. You know. Um, and I can like I feel like at some point, whether it's a podcast or a therapy session. Uh, I, I, I need to vent my, my, my feelings about a, uh, like life at EA and whatnot, because it's not all bad. I, I had some amazing times while I was mm. there, but, but, but there are some, some absolute points where like, I would love to, if we ever get to the point where, not that we ever will, but like to have like Andrew Wilson or, or someone like, uh, like Laura Mille or whatnot able to listen to the words to come out of my mouth. I'd be like, you've got some serious fucking shit you need to address that, that for some reason you were just completely fucking oblivious to, <laughs> you know? Um,
2: maybe they will, I don't know.
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, no, no company's perfect. You know, like, this, mm-hmm. this is an important, important thing. Like, EA, and this is actually a thing I want uh, get your, your thoughts on, EA gets an incredibly bad rap, largely undeserved. Like, I'm allowed to be frustrated at EA. That doesn't mean that EA is a bad company, you know? Um, I, I worked there for a number of years. You, you see the goods and the bads in that sense. Um, but my God, it gets dunked on. Um, yeah. Maybe they're in chat. That, 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 would, be, that would be incredible. Um, but... Um, I've lost my train of thought now. Oh, yeah, no, back back to, back to EA. Yeah, like, what are your opinions on the controversies that that company gets? Do you think they're deserved? Do you think they're misunderstood? Do you think it's a mixture of both? Because personally, I think it's a mixture of both.
2: I think it's a mixture of both, especially if you look at the amount of shit that other companies have pulled over the years, yet EA still gets called out for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think,
0: I think um, yeah. one of my favorite examples is Activision. The shit that company pulls is hilarious. Yep. In, in an absolutely I want to cry way. Like, and I'm probably about to date the stream, but it doesn't really matter. And the episode by by extension. Um, literally yesterday, they hired one of the seniors of the Trump administration to be their chief administrative oh officer. Wait. For the company. <laughs> what? Who has, yeah, who has been described as a controlling narcissistic bully who crushes anyone who gets in his way. He has previously worked in military companies uh, with government contracts on creating weapons designed to kill as many people as possible in a short amount of time. And now he is the chief administrative officer of Activision.
2: I'm sorry, but who was was involved (laughs) in that hiring decision?
0: uh the the big man bobby Kotick. <laughs> so is it Kotick? kozik kozik oh,
2: the one who who gets more bonuses that more people get laid off yeah yeah.
0: Andy, yeah yeah that yeah. guy yeah um yeah it's just like okay okay but um ea is still the worst company in gaming you know like yeah um like, it's, it's really interesting how opinions uh, uh, come in to, to play of this type of thing, right? Because, like, Nintendo... And before I say this, I love Nintendo. I love all Nintendo games that they've ever made. Mm. But they, they, they're, they're really fucking good. They've got it down to an art of rehashing the same shit, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, they've got it down to a fucking <laughs> art, and that those games will come out 9 out of 10s, 10 out of 10s. Okay? Yeah. Um, an EA game can come out like, let's take um, Fallen Order, for example, Mm. where the reviews for that came out uh, as uh, one of the greatest Star Wars games ever made, best EA game in a fucking long time, generally an amazing experience, 7 and 8 out of 10. And then you look at the reviews for... Nintendo was like, "Yeah, this is the same re-release of the previous Mario game from the Wii. Um, You know, they don't really do anything new. It's the same levels, but uh, it's Mario. So ten out of (laughs) ten. It's like, okay, (laughs) sure. It's your opinion. You're allowed to make it, but EA gets a lot of a lot of stick. Yeah, like a lot of stick.
2: And I mean, I want Uh, to add to that when we were talking about developers and how they're being treated." uh just a small i guess mini shout out to the people from from uh, cd project red because those developers have had some backlash at them and i felt so bad for them as well like
0: same i have have, i've i've had so much sympathy for everything that's been going on with them like jesus fuck yeah um how how the hell they're coping with that Mm. like because i know how i coped with uh, the controversies around not just Star Wars, but but Battlefield Five had controversies as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of which the, the EA stoked themselves, like they they threw fucking fuel on that fire. Um, but you know, like it's a fucking a dark place, and I just I just feel sorry yeah. uh, for um, how.
3: Um, how they're how they're feeling and how and all the shit mm-hmm. that they're going through so nice. um Oof. yes <laughs> a i let's 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 talk on to uh
0: future prospects because obviously you're not at dice anymore um no you're you're now working in uh a finance uh company yes do you see yourself staying there long term? Do you ever see yourself coming back into game dev? Um, I And oh no, finish, answer that first and we can answer more after.
2: I, I honestly don't know at this point. Like I feel this is a it's, it's a great company that I ended up in now. Like if I had to leave games and leave like and, and go somewhere else here in Sweden I think this is probably one of the best choices I could have made. Maybe Spotify would have also been an, a, a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can see myself doing things with games later on, but right now at this point of my life, I feel like this is the the, the right place for me to be.
4: Okay. And I still Um, love
2: games. Honest to God, I play (laughs) so many games. I just, I just, I mean, I've been playing games since I was little, so Mm -hmm. that's just not going to go away. Uh, I just.
0: Well, this is it, right? Like, like liking games, um, Mm -hmm. doesn't change when. When you get fed up about making them, because we all re- we all get have different limits of what we can deal with, and, or or when when we reach a okay, I think I'm done with this industry, right? Like yeah, I've contemplated it in the past, um, and it yeah, that doesn't mean you've lost all love for games.
2: Oh um, so. no, no, for sure not. Uh, the only thing that I did notice, like coming out of games into a different industry, is that you have to get used to not having. People around you all the time that are as passionate about the same thing as you, mm-hmm. because you know if you work in a games company, you kind of always share a passion for games. Um, mm-hmm. In finance, I guess we all share a passion for something. I'm I'm not sure what it is, but it's
0: <laughs> <Getting paid>. numbers, <laughs> numbers, 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 <laughs> all kinds Large of numbers.
2: Large numbers, preferably. <laughs> Large numbers, small numbers, <laughs> depending on what kind of numbers you're talking about, and yeah um but i feel like my my passion for actually playing games has increased now that i don't work on games much anymore Mm -hmm. because before you would be working on games you would be playing them all day or while working on them and then you get home and you play more games at some point it's a little bit much at least for me that's that's how i felt
0: no i think i think that's a, a fair point right like um From my own experience, I, what I love now is the games that don't require me to think because I spend mm. all day thinking about, well, a game, you know, like um, problem solving is, is my job. So when I, when I switch off, I, I like the games that don't require me to think too much about it. I get to press a couple of buttons and damage numbers appear until something dies or I die. And, and that's, that's about it, really. Yeah. Um, so it's it's quite a simple existence, and and it's, it's it's it 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 does its job for me, you know. But yeah. um, yeah, like I think that I think that's a clear sign that what you're doing is the right thing. If it's if it's bringing back your love for games, and uh, and what you were doing before was costing your love of it. Yeah, because at, at the end of the day. The only reason anyone ever works in game development is because they love games. Because you can go literally anywhere else and earn more and do better, right?
2: Yeah, you Um, you don't choose to work (laughs) in games for the money, unless you're the CEO of certain company. But but,
0: yeah, or ex-Trump administration.
2: I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But um, (laughs) sorry, I'm just, I'm just, my mind is blown by that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. How, how much more of a fuck you statement to what is quite a left wing industry can you get <laughs> you know
3: like you know yeah really? for sure um, sorry and so what ultimately led to the decision that you were done with games for now
2: um I don't like, we, we released Battlefield V, and I had, I think, from my end, delivered basically the, 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 the best I could at that point. And mm-hmm. I just really didn't want to work on another Battlefield game at that point. Mm-hmm. So then you have a couple of choices, right? Like, you try to either move internally, like, well, you move to a different game project that is not Battlefield, which wasn't there at the time, at least. I don't know if there is now. Um, or you move to a different studio which i was considering i was considering going to criterion at some point as well
4: mm-hmm. um, i remember
2: yeah you remember as uh, so you're considering going to dice la at one point um yeah oh my uh my my partner is in chat as well hello hi sushi <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Um but then I was like, okay, well, I'm 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 done with this for now. I I need to try something else. Mhm. So, it just felt like the right time as well, you know, when you just finished up something and you know, it's the last I worked on the last patch that came out for Battlefield 5 basically, and I was like, yeah, okay, this is a good good way to go out. Like that.
0: That's a that's an interesting point like cuz that is the Okay, this game is done. Mm. i don't have, I have no more commitments to it. no nope. it's time to time to go on.
2: and also I got um. to basically pour whatever thoughts I had left regarding polishing or you know just fixing things. I just got to pour it all in there because it was the last thing that was gonna go out there. hmm So we made a lot of really fair. small
3: fixes and like things, and yeah
4: do you
0: see yourself ever returning to either? ea or dice or if you
3: used to ever come back it would have to be something different
2: i i don't think i'll go back to dice um
3: mm. i think
2: I, I might go back to games but i don't think it'll be at dice
3: that's fair
0: That's entirely fair. But we'll see,
2: we'll see where and if and how and what and all that.
0: Yeah, that's 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 entirely fair. Like, do do you think it comes from a sense of being there, done that?
2: Well, been there, done that twice. Yeah. You know.
3: (laughs) So. You know, like, and that's that's entirely fair.
0: Yeah. Um, because because I I I definitely had that because I for a while I was stuck in the loop of of basically working at the same three studios. So my first job was at Supermassive. I then went to EA Criterion. I then went to Playground Games, and then went back to Supermassive. I then went back to EA Criterion. I was like, I swear to fucking god, if I go back to Playground Games, and I very nearly went back to Playground Games. Oh wow! Very very, I like I had a job offer <laughs> that uh, that I almost accepted. Um, I very nearly went back to Playground Games. Sadly, some things happened in uh, personal life that meant I couldn't ex- uh, accept it regarding uh, my mum and whatnot, but thankfully mm-hmm. that's all good now, but when okay. I came out at the end of that, I was like, no, I can't. I need something new. Um, otherwise I would have just been stuck going between the same three companies for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> yeah, And know? I saw
2: your announcement that you were going to Germany and I was like, wait, what? What?
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah that was that was a thing that i never expected to be a thing well but but hey hey here we go but if like i i was very much at my i'm done point there mm. as well you know like i don't see myself going back to any of the companies that Mm. i worked at before but then again who knows right you never know um all i know is there's a world out there that i want to see and i'm 30 this year and i want to go see it before i can't anymore (laughs) um (laughs) And thankfully, some places of uh, the world are starting to get a bit better. Not, not very fast, mind you. Like, I'm not in any rush to get to America. I might give that another, I don't know, three to five years. Um, but, um, like, Canada is a beautiful place to go. I'd like to end up there at some point. Mm-hmm. For life, probably not. For a year or two, that could be cool. That could be nice. Um, other parts of Europe would be lovely. I've, like, I've, I've been to Sweden a couple of times for work. Seems like a nice place to stay. There's some big projects going on in Sweden at the moment. Um, so who knows, right? You're more uh, than welcome. But, also, <laughs> but, but uh, oh, thank you. Do, do you talk on behalf of all of
4: Sweden?
2: Uh, I, yeah. I spoke on behalf of all of the people that are not Swedes, but living in Sweden for a couple of years already. Okay. And <laughs> want to have more people here to talk to. So
0: do you, do you think you'd ever leave Sweden at this point?
2: I don't know.
4: That's brilliant. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, is,
2: that is honestly a really difficult question because I, I do like living here and I like, I like my life here. That's fair. Uh, I don't see myself ever going back to the Netherlands or Belgium at least. Like I've been through, Ooh, I've been why? to those countries. I don't know. Okay. I've I've lived there. I've, I've worked there. I've basically had a life there and it's enough. And now it's to the next country, which is Sweden right now.
0: <laughs> I was going to fair. So do do you have a country you'd ever like to actually go live slash work in or no? Sweden is it. I'm here. I'm loving it.
2: I mean, I don't if, think if the- I don't think this comes as a surprise to Sushi, who I know is listening right now. Uh, but I, I was thinking of Canada as well. Yeah. I visited it. Uh, I have a lot of family there as well. And it's just an amazing country. So that would be like, basically, I think my only other country I would like to move to. What about you,
0: Dan? Have you ever seen yourself being anywhere other than ye old England?
1: Um to be fair i haven't really like visited that many places um like i've been to portugal i went to new york 2 years ago <laughs> quite happily live in new york just cuz it's got a big music scene there and
0: i was going to say new york yeah. feels very you
1: yes i'm very new york i'll be walking down the streets with my big glasses and a big fur jacket and
0: with a cane with a giant around diamond around. on top
1: no i'd go like the Cruella de deville kind of like oh. What, like
0: a, a big, what was once a living animal snood?
1: Yeah, but instead it'll be uh, Stevie. I'm not
0: anywhere near furry <laughs> That's right. enough. I would have murdered
1: Stevie. <laughs> oh my god! What? Um, this took a turn. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm never coming to see you ever again.
4: Mm.
0: Thanks, Dan. Love you!
3: <laughs> but you'd like to end up in New York? Um...
1: Yeah, I'd happily live out there for a little bit, or um, yeah, I don't know. I'd just, I'm happy just to go places where I've never been, places that look pretty. I haven't been to a lot of places.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's uh, it's a good idea to travel some more once you actually can. Of course, I mean, yeah. once we can, yeah.
0: But um, no, but like, do, do you think you'd ever actually commit to an immigration?
1: Um, probably not. You like, Just and there's nothing um, wrong with that. I'm mainly because I'm terrible at languages, and I'm terrible at English. So if I move to a different country and they were like, "Oh, let's try and help him out," because you know he's English, I'll be like, <laughs> "I mean,
2: yeah."
0: I mean, I, I hope you realised while you was in America that their language is not too different from yours. Some some you might even say. say At all.
1: You say that. There was some times in New York where they were like, oh, like, hey, man, how are you? And I was like, I am very well, thank you. I am English, you know.
0: (laughs) Okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: just wasn't good.
0: I'm looking forward to when you come to visit me in Germany.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. When I'm around people who aren't, like, natively english like there was a time when i went to paris and um a guy saw um the elvish tattoo i got on my arm and he was like ah oh, you like tolkien and i was like i'm sorry i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: even though I it was in perfect
3: english things.
1: yeah he spoke better english than i do <laughs> wow wow
3: okay I-,
2: I mean english is my second language but I think I'm doing okay. Although I think at this oh, point
3: you're smashing it.
2: I think at this point, English is like, how do you say it? I can. Now I can't even English anymore. Damn it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's the Dan effect. Contagious. I'm sorry. That's no, the Dan effect what right I, what I
2: was trying to say is that I don't speak as much, um, Dutch anymore now. So whenever mm. I try to speak to my parents or my sister or stuff, um, it's always a, a challenge and then i'm gonna be uh, i'm going like yeah but i know this word in english or i know it in swedish but i have no idea what it is in dutch like <laughs> refrigerator i don't remember what that's box. called in dutch ice box it's the, the the cold thing over there in the kitchen
0: the food haven <laughs> cold food house <laughs> The food haven that's what it is
2: yeah um, yeah
0: so one of the other topics that I wanted to get into, because we're at the hour and a half stage of this already, which is oh. fucking crazy. This has gone quick. Um, one of the topics that I really want to get into this is because you have a unique perspective on what is quite a controversial aspect of our industry. Um, and I don't even mean just in game development, but as uh, programming as a whole or software development as a whole, being a, uh, a lady in it.
2: Well... I guess <laughs>
0: um, because uh, obviously there's uh, all kinds of problems that are still being resolved to this day, right? Like of uh, mm-hmm. masculine dominant dominance in it and inappropriate behavior and, and all of that stuff. And I'm not going to ask you for has that ever happened to you? Because if it has, I don't, I don't want you to have to relive that.
2: I can and just say yes. And I'm taking. not going to talk about it.
0: Entirely fair. Yes. Um, what do you think is the best way to educate people on how to do this? Because so much education needs to happen around the subject. And um, the, the problem that I have is whenever it happens, the solution seems to be, yeah, we fired them. And don't get me wrong, they deserve to be fired. It is an entirely, like, fire them, like not sue them, but take them to court, mm-hmm. justice, service them. Um, but there doesn't seem to be much in the way of education around it. So what, what you basically do is instead of uh, solving the problem and making sure that people realize it's a problem, you just cut off the problem and pretend it doesn't exist anymore.
2: Yeah, that doesn't um, work. That, that's, no it doesn't. it doesn't fix anything <laughs> uh it's like uh oh yeah my my finger's bleeding i'm gonna cut it off it's not gonna stop it from bleeding like you mm-hmm.
0: know if anything it's gonna make it worse but fine
2: <laughs> at least i i think it gets makes it worse
0: I'm just going
1: to make notes yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> today i learned uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't cut your finger <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, but when it comes to education around that, like uh I've I've noticed a lot more companies at least um giving um uh how do you say it uh, unconscious bias. And uh yeah. also this is not necessarily for like women, men, if you think like I'd like racial sensitivity trainings as well, and being a lot more um uh Open about accepting that there's more genders than just women and men. There's a whole yeah. plethora of, well, spectrum, I guess, because there's not really a defined, I guess, officially, physically, there might be, but yeah, whatever. Uh, a lot more companies are embracing the fact that people are themselves a lot more, and with in- unconscious bias training, and also just actually getting more women or in other cases, people of color, uh, people with disabilities uh, in the workplace will already help people uh, deal with it because they can actually learn and work with those people. Because you can mm-hmm. give someone a video about like, oh, this is, this is how to not treat this person. But if you've never actually experienced an interaction with this person, it's super hard to put it in perspective.
3: Yeah. No. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely.
2: More, more exposure to to think uh
3: this is this is it and i think it's I, it, it's almost frustrating how
0: much of a it almost feels like a blanket that tries to get pulled over it like let's see we mm. did something it's like but you you didn't like you you got rid of the problem in you you got rid of a of a part of the problem you didn't solve the problem mm. you know um and I think what a lot of companies are doing, and it drives me up the fucking wall, is they think that the problem can just be solved by being more diverse. And that's a super important aspect of it. It really is. Mm. You know, like no one should go into a comp like, especially if, if, if it's woman or if it's um someone who's more gender fluid, should go into a company that is ninety-nine percent male dominated or any sort of demographic on that front, right? You need to have a diversity in your workplace especially if you're trying to create stuff that appeals to a diverse crowd right for like, sure come on come on that's just common sense at that point but what you also need to have is lessons <laughs> all right you can't just solve a problem by throwing bodies at it you need to educate the people that are already there um, mm. some companies are getting better at that but a lot of companies still seem to think that yeah if we just hire more women we fix our gender diversity problems, like yeah no, no. that is, <laughs> you still that need is... To educate the people who think that women don't have a place here, you know you still need to tell them why they 're wrong you don't just outnumber them you you try and correct that incorrect thinking um,
2: it's kind of a two pronged approach right like any right. anything that's new that's coming in will be a part of a change, but then you also need to change or like work on uh educating the current like uh population of whatever company you're at um but i i feel like a lot of companies uh are are on the right track when it comes to the whole diversity hiring thing um but then uh, this is okay I, i am not sure how this is gonna sound but on being on the receiving end of hiring like being hired for a position I have often asked myself, am I just a diversity hire? Like, is that mm-hmm. why I get hired? And it's usually one of the first things that I bring up whenever I have a review or whenever I have a sync with a with recruiter or anything like that. Like, hey, so why do you completely think I'm the right person for this position? Because if they give a vague answer, then it's probably a diversity hire. But if yeah. they tell you exactly like, okay, we've seen that you've done these things, you've delivered these things, you're, you're the perfect fit for this, then at least you know you're worth a little bit better. But just the feeling that, or, or just that these thoughts come up is such a, a a sad thing as well.
0: It is, it is. But, but, but the yeah. problem is, is they have merit,
4: mm. you
0: know, like I've, I've been in recruiting Positions before where we're hiring for someone, and we have a couple of candidates who're like, yeah, we're interested in exploring these. Like the, these, these are strong candidates. And then someone come along and be like, yeah, we're opening the uh uh applicant window back up. And I'm like, but we have candidates we want to look into. What do do you think they're not good enough because we think they are? I was like, oh yeah, no, we trust your judgment. But, you know, this this gives the opportunity for more uh, diverse candidates to turn up. I'm like. Wait, so is it because you don't think these people are up to the job, or is it because that you actively want to just hire a woman for the aspect of hiring a woman?
2: You want to fill the so, quota and that what, kind
0: of. What yeah. are you trying to accomplish here? Because, like, if, if you're looking at this person's CV and saying that they can't do the job, or you after speaking to speak this person and saying they can't do the job, okay, let's have a conversation about that and make a decision on if we move forward or not. But if it's just because they're the wrong gender, you have completely misunderstood what this diversity movement is. Like, absolutely misunderstood what this diversity movement yeah. is. Because it's, it's not we need to hire more women. It's we need to stop not hiring women who are capable of doing the job in favor of men because we think we have this prejudice that women can't do it or that, somebody, that someone who's gender fluid can't do it or someone who's transgender can't do it or something like that. It's not... It's not a let's put a bandage over the ga- like the gaping wound that is this problem, by just hiring women without or thought or anything, because that's not yeah. the solution. You're not helping the problem here. You're not fixing anything. <laughs> All no, right? you're, no. What what you're demonstrating is your complete lack of understanding of what the problem actually is, um, and that frustrates me to no
3: end. <laughs> Um, you, you and me, especially both. when it
2: comes from HR. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Um. So, do you think it is getting better, though? Yes. Like in your own honest opinion? Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Compared, because I to... have my thoughts,
0: but I'm also a straight white guy. You know, my my I, I do have a very
2: you are
0: I am I have a very <laughs> privileged view in this industry. Um. So I, I don't know if what I'm, cause, cause I believe it is getting better compared to what it was when I first joined, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not a, uh, a, uh, ethnic minority. I'm not a, uh, a, a woman in this industry or anything. So I, I don't have the perspective to make that call.
2: Mm. Um, I mean, I, I feel like it's getting better if I compare, uh, for example, recruitment processes when I first graduated university, like. What was that? Eight years ago now, I think, maybe nine years by now, Um, compared to what it is now, because recruitment processes back then were much more involved about, oh, you need to add your full name and you need to add uh, your your picture on your uh, CV and stuff like that. Nowadays, it's a lot more, um, how do you say it? less, like, removing a lot of possibilities for, for bias on those processes. Mm-hmm. Because the first time I actually spoke to a human being was after I'd already gone through, like, technical tests and, like, logic tests and, like, other things to assess if I could actually do the job that I'm applying for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was nice. Uh, one thing that I, I heard uh, was, a, was a couple of years ago, uh, it's apparently, I don't think it's that prevalent in Sweden, but here, like, I've heard that some women have been asked, for example, oh, do you do you intend to, to get kids? Because then you can't work for a while and, you know, you're out of the workforce and stuff like that. And apparently, or well, I think it's now illegal to ask these questions, but I'm pretty sure they're still being asked.
0: This is like yeah. so so for people who don't know, uh Sweden's a very, 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 very yes. uh socialist country. And they have some very, very, very good um care in place for things such as maternity leave. Like it's a it's a very long period of time, which it should be. Like in the UK, I think it's what, two or three weeks for a uh, for uh paternity leave and maternity mm-hmm. leave is mm, like i think it's nine think it's six, six to nine months or something like that right uh, yeah. whereas in Sweden it's years right oh,
3: i
1: charlotte just said nine i nine.
2: <laughs> i don't know the exact number in sweden but what i do know is that you you basically like as the the father and as the mother or mothers or just as the the parents of the right the kid in question uh you get a certain amount uh regardless of whether you're the dad or mother or whatever and you can split um, up and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also a big pool of days that you can kind of split up between the two. So you actually yeah. quite often have uh, father's taking a couple of months of maternity leave as well, exactly, right. which I think is, is amazing um, Absolutely. because it and also it's, gives it's... them an opportunity to, to bond with the kids as well, mm-hmm.
0: oh, and, but also it gives the mum a break yeah. Oh, and I yeah. think that's one of the biggest <laughs> strains uh, on new mothers in, in, at least in the UK, is you know, like they get they get the 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 support of the father uh, there for for two weeks, and then the father's back at work, and the mother's like, fuck, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not it's not a great system, but um, what that's led to is um, people asking like, oh yeah, are you planning to have kids? Because we need to factor in if. Uh, you're going to disappear for a prolonged period of time. My response is, that's none of your fucking business. You're hiring me for a position right now. Um, Trust that I'm not planning to disappear in two months' time (laughs) if I'm actively hiring Mm. uh, or going
3: through a hiring process of new work, you know? Um, Yeah, it's... That is a yeah. dirty question to ask. That is a very, very inappropriate question to ask. Um,
1: yeah, you made that sound so wrong as well. Like it's a dirty, how, how, dirty
2: how dare you inquire about this?
0: I, I mean, mean, I understand quite, it quite
3: frankly. Yeah, like I, I appreciate that people want to plan projects. Yeah, it's, you don't, you don't do that though. <laughs> you don't ask that kind of mm. question. Yeah. Best.
2: Indeed. Fucked. Indeed.
0: Oh. Um so still a long way to go. Which yep. I'm not surprised about. I just like it's always good to get an actual person who's impacted by its perspective though, because as I said, I don't I like I, I get my opinion of it, which at this moment in time is the same opinion, but I'd hate to be in a position one day where I stand there and go, Yeah, the problem's solved while it burns down around me, you know um
2: this is fine <laughs>
0: um and and hopefully this helps other people who might potentially be like oh yeah look we're making brilliant headways it's like we're making some headway i i i, I would i would struggle to say brilliant uh because i've had conversations with people like that like uh, you know it's it, like we are on the right track everything's like trajectory like if you if if you ever go to a company meeting about this type of stuff they'd make it sound like they've 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 solved all the problems mm-hmm. and it's like you've you've hired a couple of people and done a seminar no we still got a long journey ahead of you <laughs> we of, of all of us you know? yeah
2: I mean, uh, I, I did just read an interesting take on this in the chat as well, like to get rid of the quotas and start focusing on skill, and, and I highly agree on that.
0: This is it, right? Like, like, you like, need like to the
2: hire the right people for the job. It shouldn't matter where those people come from or exactly anything like mm-hmm. that. If they can do the job, they're the right people for the job.
0: Well, this is it. This is exactly it, right? Um, and if you try to do anything out of that, you're not you're not working towards the problem. You're trying to either save face in a way for a problem you don't understand, or you're obnoxious. You're
3: an obnoxious asshole, and I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Agreed. So, is it? It is. I was, no, I was going to ask a question, but no, I'm not. I'm not going to ask that question because <laughs> we've actively. Um, we're not going
0: to uh, delve into that, but um, what would you um, say was one of the biggest surprises for you working in the games industry? Like, like a good surprise.
3: Let's let's talk positivity because we've spoken we've spoken a lot of negativity. Let's talk about positivity around it. Um, my worry
0: now is the pause.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I, I no, because I actually have to think. Like, I mean, I've I've met so many in, incredible people, and actually, the reason why I I went back to Dice the second time around was because I missed the people I was working with. uh So I I honestly think the oh. the, the biggest thing is the 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 whole like sense of community and the, the all the the passion that people share in there. That's just. That's the, the best thing of it. And I, I honestly... I just want to go back to games a little bit now. Why did you make me think about
3: this? Oh, I was going to say, like, <laughs> is, is this a thing
0: that you've experienced outside of the games industry? Because that... And I don't mean this in a, in a negative way. That is, that's the same answer we got from Adam. Ah. You know? And, it's, and it's, so the question I've asked other people before is like, what surprised you the most about the games industry? And it's always... The, the passion the creativity passion and the, the bonds you form around it um which has always surprised me because whenever anyone asks me it's um the uh the amount of joy that you can bring someone with your game i never i never anticipated how much joy even though i'm a player of games i never anticipate and and the, the amount of joy they bring me i never anticipated something i could work on could bring someone else that amount of joy mm. um but the moment other people have answered to me and gone, it's the creativity around it all, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Because yeah. I've I've worked in jobs before where, where you turn up every day, and you know, you tolerate the people you're with. Um, mm. they start opening their mouths about what their son's been up to in school, and you're like, Good. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> Don't know what more you want from me on that. I'm glad that he did great in the Egg and Spoon race. I'm glad that he decided that maths was a thing worth his time. I'm I'm glad for you, Sandra. Congratulations. I mean, I'd actually be glad about that.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess. If someone decides maths is worth their time, like, you go. Whilst the Egg
0: and
1: Spoon race.
0: Especially, right? Especially the Egg and Spoon race. But but But, you know, like... I, the 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 realization that you actually give a fuck about these people that you come into day after day because mm. you're not you're not just working with them you're being creative with them and and you, you, it is it is a balance of passion between everyone and that makes it sound far more questionable than than what I meant you know, like some some weird kind of like uh, sexual thing it's not but well. <laughs> I don't know how all companies work. The companies I've worked at, it's not, but it's um, it's What's very like? much <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Dan. <laughs> it's very much a um, you get to know people incredibly well, um, how they think, what they what what they are passionate and caring about, um, and it highlights aspects of the way you think that. Uh, or don't think in some regards. Um, and that's not a bad thing. In fact, that's a great thing. Like some of the greatest conversations I've ever had with people are around uh, game design theory uh, on certain features and whatnot. Mm. Um, and it can go from anywhere between the the loveliest uh, conversation I've ever had where we're all in unison and aligned on what we think to the strongest debates I've ever been part of, where you come out of going, I need to go for like a 20-minute walk outside this building. To to process <laughs> the conversation that we've just had, mm-hmm. because Jesus Christ, <laughs> right? Um, I worked at the pub for four years. I never experienced anything close to that in any regard with any people. And I worked with Dan, you know. And that's yeah. and it's <laughs> and that's nothing against Dan. Me and Dan have had passionate conversations and whatnot. Like I I, I cherish every moment that I've had with Dan, but. Fuck, that was a boring a passionate job. Conversations about,
1: <laughs> <laughs> a passionate conversations about being passionate too.
0: You know, like, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think it's unfair to say that. Fuck, that was a boring job. Yeah. You know, like, and I don't like, I don't really give a damn about any of the other people that we ever worked with. Yeah. I think it it sucks to say, but it's the truth. And I don't mean that in a negative way of not I don't give a damn about these people, but like, do I think about them in my day-to-day? No. Do do I know what they're (laughs) up to? No. Do does anything that we ultimately ever spoke about actually matter in terms of impact of my job and my and how I conduct my career? No. Mm. So in the grand scheme of things, was it worth a damn? No. And it was sad, worth really. a
2: Dan, though.
3: I
0: mean, it is worth a Dan.:
2: Hey.): <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll leave with my dad jokes, like:
0: I mean, no, that's what Dad's here for.
1: They're always welcome.): <laughs> but Yeah, I think um, whatever creative field. That you're in, everyone is there for a specific purpose because they love to do that sort of thing. And when you're in something that's like for me, I'm in working like healthcare. No one's there just because they're like absolutely nuts about mental health. Maybe nuts wasn't the right word. (laughs) um, No, I think it's appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, but no one like is like, oh my god, yeah, like let's talk about it all day and all that sort of stuff. Like half of like the administrative staff there are there to get paid, the other half are there just because like, oh well, this is what we decided to do, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are just miserable people. But if you're passionate about what you do, and there's other people that are passionate about it, it makes everything a million times better.
3: Definitely.
0: You summarized it flawlessly there, Dan. Yeah. Round of applause for Dan, everybody. You did good. You did good, Dan.
2: Dan! Dan! Go, <laughs> no, Dan!
1: So, yeah, as you may like, I say my name a lot, just I think because I'm slightly demented. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have to remind yourself, I am Dan. is <laughs> Dan. Dan. Dan.
0: There's a reason he's got his name <laughs> written on the inside front of all his underwear. Um. Yeah. It's so that when he forgets, he just needs to look there and uh problem solved.
1: Also, on the odd occasion I get really confused. I'm like, huh, hey, who's Dan? Why am I wearing these pants? <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we've spoken a lot about your past and a little bit about your future, but where where do you see yourself going from this? Like, do you think that you'll be um programming for the rest of your career? do you cuz you obviously um have started streaming yourself right do do you yeah. think that would mm-hmm. ever be a anything more than a, um like is is it a hobby type thing or do you think that would become a career could you see that becoming a career or
2: i don't think I have what it takes to make it a career. Uh, however, I do really enjoy myself, like when I'm streaming. Uh, I've I've been learning along the way, like learning how to actually keep talking as well while you're streaming, especially if you're just by yourself. <laughs> uh, so what happens is that I just say anything that comes in my head. Um, yay for making sure that your channel is suitable for mature viewers as well. When that happens. Oh, because there's I, no filter up there so. there's no filter up there
0: there's none here as well you kind of just i don't. I, I, I put it down to the people if, if they come in and don't like it they don't have to stay ah
2: yeah all right um
1: well what you do is you set yourself a certain quota for the amount of times you can say fuck
2: <laughs> yeah but how how do i keep track of that like i can't even keep track of how many tips of water i've taken (laughs) or like how if i've actually drank anything today (laughs) i I drank coffee earlier so
1: that counts always a good thing
2: yeah yeah hydrating no um no i i i don't (laughs) think that streaming will be my actual like career uh i i do see myself making it more of a regular thing where i do that more often uh on the evenings uh, I've also really enjoyed uh, streaming over lunch instead. So like a one hour, two hour, like l- longer lunch. Two I just... hour
0: lunches. Well, <laughs> That's I. That's I... cheeky.
2: Hey, I don't actually eat lunch, basically. <laughs> so what am I supposed to do with my lunch break? Go to the gym? Eww. Actually, Disco. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> not doing that, not going to the gym. Um,
1: what is a,
0: what? What is this gym? Is that a person? I know a gym,
2: it is a torture chamber. That's Ugh. what it is.
4: Yes, Ugh. just a fancy
2: thing for
1: Dwayne you. The Rock Johnson is the BDSM man.
2: <laughs> I mean,
0: to be fair, that man could scare me into doing basically anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: For sure, <laughs> yes, sir, I will be a bitch.
2: For <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll, 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 listen. I'll listen. No, um, so, but uh, <laughs> I, I did want to add that, like, um, I, I don't actually see myself programming forever. Uh, one thing that I would like to start doing is uh, teaching instead. Oh really? Yes. Oh. I've really in
0: computer science or something else.
2: I've been thinking about computer science or just something similar to it, because I really like sharing the knowledge and all of the stuff that's up here uh, with people out there. Um, and I mean, I've I've done like uh, coding classes for teenagers before. We recently had uh, a thing at work where we talked to a couple of um, like 16 to 18 year olds about like careers in engineering. Um so maybe it's more of a semi-motivational speaker guest thing, I guess, <laughs> um, like what I'm doing here. Yeah, I, I, I very much like doing these things, uh, just, just sharing whatever I can give.
3: So what's stopping cool. you from going and
0: seeking
1: that out right now?
2: Um, there's such a thing as rent.
1: Other than coronavirus.
2: <laughs> well corona also stops me from doing that i guess uh i mean i i did get uh COVID over christmas so yay
0: dan also had COVID Wallop around me's. christmas time
2: oh you did yeah. oh it was the worst it was the worst Twinsies. Twinsies. Yeah, it my uh fun. my my partner also got it and uh yeah we were we were pretty sick over christmas that was kind of yeah um but other than that, yeah, there is a thing called rent, and there's a thing called bills. Uh, and I, am I not mean, I'm not sure... saying
0: quit your job.
2: Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe, I'm just
0: saying like uh, start seeking out that career path.
2: Yeah, maybe it's more about the networking in that case, like trying to mm-hmm. find people. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I noticed that just scouring social media seemed to help. I mean, you guys apparently were okay with having me on here.
0: Oh, that was all
1: Dan. And this is never going to wear, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, was it?
2: Was oh, a, yeah, Was it yeah, Dan? <laughs>
1: <clears throat> no, um,
0: we're like you've been amazing, like, and I've reckoned that that would actually be a uh, a really, really, really interesting career path for you because um, a lot of people end up teaching because that's the only option they have. You know, it's it's not often now that you get teachers who do it because they like to teach, at least at a university mm-hmm. level or anything like that, right? which is typically where you get your computer science. You're getting more computer sciences in secondary school now. don't know if you mm-hmm. get any in primary school. Uh, when I was in primary school, I think we had two lessons in an IT room. One was on Word, and the other was on PowerPoint.
2: Oh, I uh, had many of those. I had, I had the, 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 the um, opportunity to follow uh, a course in uh, HTML uh, when I was in high school. Part of like an extended program, yeah. It was literally like two two hours of just learning basic HTML, but it I was I was hooked at that point. I was just like fucked.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: like our school because me and Dan went to the same school together, uh, Evelyn. Our school had an ICT department. Mm. Um, our teachers didn't know the syllabus they were teaching, and they didn't know what coursework they were like literally. We found out in my year what, what type of coursework we had to do three days before In We had three days to turn around two years' worth of coursework. Um, it got to the point where they started issuing out the previous year's coursework for us to base on, i.e. copy from, so that they didn't have an entire year where they didn't submit coursework.
3: Wow. that's what See, was
0: about you, to happen. Uh...
1: And you're younger than me, Stevie. So my year, we basically had computers and the teachers were like, hey, don't look at boobs on the internet.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's this way to circumvent <laughs> that. Like we found that out pretty quick, but
0: yeah. Also, what else is the internet for?
3: <laughs> Podcasts. True, true.
0: Exactly. exactly. Um, and games. But, and games. I was hoping someone was going to say that.
1: Um, <laughs> These are the three categories. <laughs> podcasts, <laughs> games, and boobs.
0: Um, but like, I I'll, I'll never fucking forget that because I walked out of uh, that with. Uh, so our grading classifications or GCSEs in school were uh, you got from uh, I think it was an F. To, no, an E, sorry, to an, an what was called an A star. So it went A, A star. An A star is the, you have done outstanding, congratulations, top marks. Um, in my ICT exams, I got A stars. In my coursework, I got Ds. So I averaged at a B, right? And that was because I did my entire two-year coursework in three days. <laughs> and basing it off a previous year's coursework that was not actually the coursework for uh, our submission. Mm. It was just they wanted something that resembled coursework so that coursework actually got submitted. It was absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. So when you, when you turn around and go, oh, yeah, we learned HTML, I'm like, excuse me?
2: Yeah, but I, I have <laughs> we to We barely add... learned
0: databases.
2: I have to add to that that it was part of like an an extra classes program that they gave to students who needed a bit more encouragement to actually do stuff in school.
0: I mean, that was basically our school.
2: Yeah. And that's all schools, basically, but still.
0: I wish our school was like, you need more encouragement. How about you learn HTML rather than you need more encouragement. If you don't do it, you get an hour's detention and get put on report. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Which is what our school did. (laughs) Dad, did you spend half your time on report like I did? Because they didn't know what dyslexia and ADHD was?
1: I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) There
0: you go, right? There you go. There you fucking go. Oh, so yeah. When someone says they actively want to teach, it makes me happy. Because when you, when yeah. you fill an educational institute with people who don't want to teach or have no interest in it, you end up with the bullshit that we got. And here we are, you know? Yeah. I, I managed to fall into a uh, college course that, that launched me on the trajectory where I am here. I'm super fucking thankful for that. There's a version of my life that is still working in the bar now, right? Um,
2: I mean, there's 100% a version of my life where I would have never moved away from the town I grew up in and probably become a housewife with a couple of kids. You
0: know what? What's amazing is Dan's life had that trajectory as well. Dan in an apron, um, curls in his hair.
3: My luscious long (laughs) lips.
2: I wonder how you put curls in the beard.
0: Oh, Dan chooses to be bored.
2: Mm. That's a bald choice. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. That was brilliant.
0: So would you be interested in teaching <laughs> uh, like university level or kids level? Um, or somewhere in between?
2: I think somewhere in between. Um, I feel that... At university level, a lot of the teachers there are definitely like on a tenure. They don't probably don't really want to be there, but they kind of have the job, so they might as well just stick to it. So there's Mm -hmm. probably a a possibility to improve things there. But I feel like I can make a little bit more of a a smaller or, well, a bit of an impact when it comes to teaching younger kids. And also, it would allow me to keep up to date with, with technology and other things a lot better than if I were to teach university. Because the odds are that I have to work with outdated things there.
3: What you could do is start a YouTube series.
2: How does one do that?
1: Uh, Well, If you have like your curriculum, like, or you want to teach like a specific thing, then you can just record like a bunch of videos, like at an intermediate level, as you kind of described release them episodically on mm. YouTube and then when like new and updated things come along you just make new stuff
2: yeah I mean I, I have watched a lot of videos from people doing similar things as well uh, and I, I've always found it very enjoyable so that might be might be a, an idea
4: <gasps>
0: Dan do smart Dan you're one of the
2: Dan have brain Dan, I, I,
0: I genuinely mean this you're one of the cleverest people I know
1: Oh, it's like you give like a thousand monkeys a typewriter and they'll make Shakespeare eventually. (laughs)
2: It'll just take take a while. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, that's my smart idea for like the next 10 years. Uh, Like
0: you you to me are like the absolute case in point of common sense beats academic learning in every way, shape or form. Um, because, uh, I, I, yeah, I'd never turn around to you and ask you to solve tri- uh, tri- like uh, Pythagoras theorem or trigonometry in any regard or anything. But if, if I need advice in life, you're my go-to guy, buddy. Uh, you want and so so when when I uh, uh, say that you're one of the smartest people that I know, I generally fucking mean that. Um, so
2: that is so nice. <laughs> Like you make me feel feelings.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> but um doubt Now we get that mushiness out of the way.
1: <laughs> I see, a lot of the time it's like that Occam's razor thing, like the simplest answer is Did you just the did you just drop answer? a
0: sentence with Occam's razor in it? Yeah. After I just comment I like uh, just said how good you are at common sense rather than academic learning. And you drop a sentence with Occam's razor in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big words. But um, yeah, and because like how my brain works, it, it focuses on the very simple things. And because of how I am, they say like people with like dyspraxia, they have a box and people go, oh, yes, we can put things in the box and it fits nicely in the box. And people with dyspraxia go, ha ha, no box. Think of everything else. <laughs> so for focusing on the simple things, it's hmm. very easy. And then I, I think of like monkeys with symbols clapping all the time.
3: <laughs> I mean, that, I, I do that. Does, do you mean to tell me that's not normal?
1: If it is normal, then I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I,
0: I'm now scared that it's not. <laughs> I mean, have you seen, yeah.
2: uh, well, you've probably seen Inside Out, you know, yes. with all the, the people oh, in your head. I'm like, I'm pretty movie, sure yeah. there's a ton of them up here doing all kinds of random things, pressing buttons at the same time. Uh, and probably yeah. one of them just hiding in a corner going like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is just... no
1: <laughs> fuck this, I'm out.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically. Um,
0: so mm-hmm. we're starting to approach the end of stuff. Like, we're not going to end abruptly. We've still got a bit of time and whatnot. Mm. Dan, I've got a task for you to uh, come up with uh, to find the questions that were previously asked in the chat. To people who are in the chat, if you have any questions you want to ask uh, uh, Avelin or either myself or Dan, by all means, go for it. Now is your chance. Um, but to keep the happy, feel-good uh, vibes going, because I like the happy, feel-good vibes, and I'm going to end on a high note. What is
3: the proudest thing that you have worked on and why?
2: Oh, my. Oh, that's a
3: face of pure terror right that there. I'm sorry.
2: That, <laughs> I wish you had told me this before. <laughs> I would have thought of something. I had the whole... Right. Oh, Lord.
0: But, but I, I don't want you to sit there and think. I want the first thing that comes to your head.
2: Okay, this is actually going to be a very, very crazy very recently actually uh i started drawing recently and uh i have drawn exactly two things and i am extremely proud of both of them because they show how much i've grown between two drawings and they're both drawings of cactuses <laughs> and i am super well, proud of them
3: you should be very proud
0: of them they're adorable
2: yeah you um, you see them in our
0: discord if anyone ever wants to go have a look at them but oh. um uh, very good.
2: Have you linked them? What?
0: Oh no, but I can
1: do. Oh
2: Lord. Oh Lord.
1: <laughs> there you go. But um Is this where you start to panic? <laughs> uh,
2: yes.
0: Sure. So is it is it just for the representation of the journey you've been on and whatnot? The that attaches you to them so much.
2: Yeah. Yeah it's like uh I finally have something that I I can do that is not, well, I can do, that I, I, I want to do, uh, that is not just playing games or watching YouTube videos or just...
0: I mean, you've just described my base existence there. Yeah, What's I mean, that, that?
2: that has been my existence right up <laughs> why, until drawing. Why are you attacking me, yo? <laughs> why, why are you attacking <laughs> hey, me, yo? <laughs> okay, there is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing oh, wrong no, with doing whatever makes you feel feel good and like you're in a, in a good place uh i just felt like something was still missing and i used to draw a lot when i was younger i used to draw these like you know do you know escher the the oh, yeah. the, the guy that made these weird you know almost yeah, yeah. impossible drawings i used to draw things like that and i loved it and i i want to get back to that but right when, now when you yeah
0: oh no finish what you're saying sorry and then i'll ask the question
2: right now i just want to get all the creative stuff out of my head
0: But well, that's fair like do you, do you use Escher uh, as an excuse the same way I did when my teacher looked at my drawing and went, the fuck is that? And I went, it's, it's inspired <laughs> by Escher.
2: A little bit, like, because the only thing I drew... You're out
0: your ass, aren't you, Stevie? Well, like, I am, yes.
2: Yeah, the only <laughs> thing I would really draw was like, uh, very like, um, geometrical shapes and kind of mm-hmm. strange things that you can't really actually have, like things that aren't physically possible. And I don't know, maybe it, at that point it was just a way of my, my brain just dealing with some chaos.
0: So. That's entirely fair. Yeah. Like that, um, it, what is art if it's not an outlet for uh, emotion, emotional feelings,
2: right? There we go. And there's That's many different forms point, of no? art.
0: Exactly. Um, Dan's is farting. Mine is screaming. Uncontrollably oh, crying try to into it a as pillow. Often as I can. Um, what was you saying, Dan? Sorry.
1: I try to do it as often as I can.
0: <laughs> and we love you for it, but no, like, <laughs> like jokes and cronus <laughs> aside, like that is genuinely what what art is for, right? It is a convey of convey conveyance mm. of expression. Is that the right word? Conveyance, or am I making word up?
1: Now who's mad? T- <laughs> well there you go, right?
0: <laughs> but but it's conveying expression in, in a way that makes people feel. Um, and that's why, like, we look at like our Van Goghs and uh Picasso's and 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 feel things when, when we look at art, or you look at it and you're like, why are these people heralded as the greatest arts people of their time? Their drawings are, shit. um, because not everyone sees the artistic side of it, right? Mm-hmm. But and that's fine, that's not a wrong thing, but at the end of the day, they didn't make that picture for, for that person, they didn't even make that picture for the people who do understand it they made that picture for them to express their feelings it is an outlet for them to convey what they were feeling at that time
2: Um, yeah and even commissions are like a kind of a gray zone between that as well because commissions are still drawn by a person from Mm. a a reference image of course Uh, but Mm -hmm. it still conveys their feelings at that point as well that's always like a I, i find those one of the most interesting pieces of art and i i hope to at some day maybe be able to do something like that
0: oh so one day we'll see you in the louvre
2: uh nah
0: don't like, don't put yourself down anyone can anyone can do anything someday creativity someday i'm not saying swallow plutonium no one can do that but when it comes to creativity anyone can do anything <laughs>
2: someday i want uh one of my drawings to be uh either someone's phone background or like on a sticker on one of their devices <laughs> it's it's a it's a weird thing but it is something we, yeah, that we, I, I just kind of want to happen
3: we can make that happen we can make that happen probably so um right i had
0: i had another question I've forgotten what it is now because that was such a wholesome thing. My heart just melted.
4: <laughs> <Aww>.
0: <laughs> that's, that's so un, un, like, unbearably adorable. The, the want to just be on someone's phone background. Fuck.
2: Fuck! <laughs> because, because you don't know how often you actually look at that. Like I often just like, unlock my phone and then I look at this background and I go like, oh yeah.
0: I could... Um... I could talk about my phone background but it's a sad story and I want to keep things positive. Uh um so it's a picture let's not, of it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's a picture of Giz Giz is my old no. cat. Oh. Um and it still makes me smile every time, which is the important thing. Yes. Um so uh, I'm ready for questions. I was going to say, while I desperately try and scramble my brain together for what my previous question was, if I can, Dan, hit us with these questions, yo.
1: Okay, so throughout the. Oh, I'm going to do chat questions and questions that I just kind of generally wrote down throughout the whole podcast. The thing you, you know, you're it. allowed to
0: ask your questions so, whenever you want, right?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but if I save them to the end, then i can kind of go oh that wasn't stupid that was stupid hey
0: <laughs> oh dan no no i no, if now <laughs> now what i want you to do when you do the spotify edit of this is uh create like a special intro for the dan segment cranberry um
2: i have never tried
0: that oh that's a Oof. winning combination
1: <laughs> look yeah. He looked so offended as well. <laughs> like,
0: like, like, seriously, next time, um, if, if you're putting brie into uh, bread like substances, next time you can, if you can, um, put uh, brie, uh, bacon cooked to the point you like it. Mm-hmm. Personally, I like bacon where it's almost burnt black so that you can bite it and it, and it crunches. Oh, it looks like um, crumbling
2: almost, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and you can add chicken if you want. Personally, I don't, but you can do but then put um, uh, cranberry on top. You get the perfect blend of creamy, salty, and sweet.
3: It's real fucking good. It's real good. That does sound um, pretty good. Mm. So, uh, so,
0: yeah, that, that's, that's my advice for people who haven't had a bacon, cranberry, and brie sandwich before.
1: Dad,
3: did that answer right. your question?
1: Yes. Thank you. Were
2: were you happy with the answer, though?
1: (laughs) I really was, actually. (laughs) It sounds interesting. Right. So, as you're an avid WoW player, what is your Mm -hmm. favorite WoW class?
2: Remember how I said I have leveled uh, 11 characters through the Shadowlands right now? You have Uh, to pick one. I, uh, uh, druid. You have to pick one. Druid. Druid?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It's the first so one can...
2: I played 15 years okay. ago. And I would still go back to that every day.
0: <laughs> what allured you to druid?
2: Uh, I could run around being a cat. Hello?
0: Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: I was going to say, I, 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 I have, a long running theory that you can learn a lot about people based on the classes that they naturally gravitate towards to uh um, okay. when when it comes to games with, with things like that. So so um when it comes to people who are like, Oh yeah, I play I play Barbarian or Berserker, it's because all they want to do in a game is go in and smash stuff up. So if you put them in a game like Skyrim, they are the people who will go in and just punch everyone they can, steal mm-hmm. everything they can and whatnot, because they're just there to cause havoc and that's fine. Whereas you get the the people who gravitate towards like uh, the healing classes, they 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 just want to be beneficial. They 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 want to feel like they're being beneficial to people. When it comes to druids, however, you get su- because the especially in World of Warcraft, a druid can be fucking anything. Yep. Right. It can be all three classes, uh, all three types of classes. So for people who don't know, that's damage dealers, tanks, and healers. Even two different types of damage dealers. So. Exactly right. Um, it's that one's really hard to fit into that because it, it's basically the fucking like abnormal uh, concept to it all. Because it's like, yeah, I like druid because you can turn into fluffy things. I like druid because nature. I like druid because it's different to everything else, and but can also be everything else. And it's the most flexible. And it's like, well, you just go and shit all over my. I mean philosophy don't you
2: that's <laughs> all, all of the above for me as well but i i feel like druid is for example the perfect class for those of you who like me have a hard time sticking to one thing
0: that's fair but you only you don't know that in your first class
2: no right? you don't and it's
0: and it's it's one of my like in final fantasy 14 it's one of my favorite things to watch what class people go to first right what class did you go to first in Final Fantasy
3: XIV? Uh, I went... And I can't
2: even pronounce the word. I'm just going to say Mage, I think is what it was.
3: Thaumaturge.
2: Yeah. However, at level 10, I was like, nah. So I went Gladiator and now I'm a tank.
0: Okay. Okay, but what, what initially drew you towards Thaumaturge, or shall we just call it Mage, because it's it's Final Fantasy. It's basically Mage. Yeah, it's
2: basically right. Mage. Just uh, what drew me to it is that it kind of looked cool. <laughs> okay. But then I saw people like playing other things, and I was like, oh, this actually looks pretty fun too. And the thing that I like the most about the game is that you can play one character and actually try all of the different things on that one particular character yeah that that
0: that that feature is marmite to people because there are people who love leveling alternate characters right and then there are people who um and and like having each individual character be a different race and a different um yeah
2: that's the only uh,
0: storyline like personal storyline and things like that Whereas in Final Fantasy XIV, you make one, you can make more characters, but there's no fucking point. You make one character and it can be fucking anything you want it to be. Um, so, like, I've only ever made one character in that game, and that's weird for me. Like, I,
2: real weird for me. I made a couple of them when I played it back before they remade the game. So, like, mm-hmm. years ago. But right now, I'm literally just playing one character. And of course, I, I always try and make it look like me. So, I picked one of the short people. Uh, and gave her purple hair. You're not so, a
0: Lalafell. Yes, I fuck, am. You're not a Lalafell. I Get am.
2: Out. I am a Get out. Lala We're ending the
0: stream. Go away.
2: <laughs> Lalafell yeah. Lala Paladin. So I'm a tank. So you have those big monsters and then you have this tiny thing just standing there like, hi, you can hit me. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stevie, but... I mean, if I play Alliance in you WoW, a I play a dwarf. So, I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I've suppressed it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fucking fine. It's honestly fine. Like, you know, like, it's your game. You're free to make the bad decisions. Um, just, just know that Lalafels are nothing but evil and scourge upon that game
2: actually they were starting to create uh, create a perch like thing in one of the cities where anyone who was not lalafell was kind of being kicked down to the lower level of the city it was a whole rp thing and i was just like what the are we in power what yeah
0: yeah it's like the thing that pisses me off about them the most is they ruin any form of like any form of moment ever with any form of emote that they do right like like their 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 happy emote is to jump around cheering like a fucking two-year-old right and and it could be you anything from uh a situation that calls for you to jump around like a two-year-old to you've literally killed the the biggest boss of the game that is responsible for absolute genocide and your response is to go yeah and it's just like, I can't fucking deal
2: yeah. with this level
0: of obnoxiousness. You basically go really, like... I really, 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 can't. <laughs> I really yeah. fucking can't. Yeah. So it's fine. I'm going to let it go because it's not my game. It's yours. You can play that weird potato <laughs> creature. It's yours. Um, it's fine. It's fine.
2: Hey, I have to look at it all the time. Mm,
0: so. I mean, entirely fair. Entirely fair. Dan, for the love of God, yes. next
4: question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, <laughs> so um, what tool would be best uh, learned by someone progressing into GUI?
0: Graphical user interface.
1: GUI. Yeah. Uh, it
2: depends on what you want to do. Of course, if you want to build them, or if you want to design them. If you want to design them, I would gravitate more towards like a a, a program like, I guess, Illustrator, Photoshop, maybe xd i think that's what it's called
0: xd is a good shout yeah Uh, xd is a really good one they've just recently added uh support for um uh controller mapping so you can test it as well
2: yeah uh framer is also if you're a little bit into coding and you want to try out things you can use that as well Uh, and there's there's many more programs out there like if you if you google uh ui design Programs. I'm pretty sure there's there's someone out there that has made a list of a lot of programs. Uh, when it comes to coding, you just pick whatever you feel like. You can literally use your text editor and make I things. I wouldn't run. recommend it. No, I wouldn't recommend it either. <laughs> it's it's hardcore <laughs> and it's probably not the way to go. But you can.
0: Like when we was working on Horizon, Horizon Three, we we coded in XML by hand, in text, editor, never again. I've, I've never gone back to an actual scripting language since. It's only ever been visual scripting because of that. I've... It fucking sucked.
2: I, I so used to run uh, a lot of the like localization things at Dice as well, and uh, quite often we would have to manually go through files that are XML as well to make sure that everything is actually correctly working, because sometimes someone would just blindly get a new version in, merge it with another version, and it broke.
0: I might have done that once or twice.
2: I, I'm, I'm pretty that. sure you have, but you yeah, know, I have, other people have, we all have. We'll, we'll just sort it out. It's fine.
4: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, let's just quickly scroll over that before I lad myself in more shit. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, if you want to design the, the visuals of it, I'm, I'm summarizing here is, is something along the lines of Illustrator, Photoshop, or XD. Mm-hmm. But if you want to actually code it and develop it into software, literally any computer language or game engine, just knock yourself out. If you could pick one, what would you recommend? Stuff like a Unity or an Unreal? Or... I mean,
2: it depends on what you want to make because there's also things like scratch which is like a visual programming where you basically just take building blocks like lego and you kind of put that together and you can that's make really games with idea, that actually. yeah I forgot that's, about scratch yeah that's what we use for uh teaching uh younger kids the the concepts of of coding and like loops and you know the, the whole logic behind it because you probably know just as i i guess that if Well, I'm not sure how many programming languages you know.
0: Me? Oh, fuck. Uh, That I've actively learned at some point in my life. Three, maybe four. That I actually remember enough to use now. Let's just not go there.
2: Okay, well, I mean, if you you think of programming as a whole, if you learn the concepts of, uh, like... Uh, loops and well basically just just the concepts of programming
0: i oh, like like the i i understand the principles of programming if, yeah. you, if you was like stevie can you code something in c sharp even though i've learned c sharp and understand the functionality of c sharp i would not be able to make a program that runs yeah <laughs> i would not be able to do well that i anymore. mean
2: programming is a combination of knowing the structure of it and knowing a language and then you put the two together and you have mm-hmm. a thing uh so that's why we try to teach kids like at least the concept so that if they want to learn more, they can try and use a different language that they want to try out, uh, but just apply the same concepts. Yeah, the Hour Fair. hour of Code, uh, I just saw that Hour of Code is a, is a really good thing and a really good initiative that has come up over the last few years and can highly... I have not participated in one myself, but I've seen it out there. And it's just to try and, and get people interested.
0: Oh, so it's just basically, is it an hour of code a week to just try and highlight that coding is a thing?
2: I don't know if it's an hour a week. I, I just remember that sometimes there's a whole week where they have like different things on different days. but
3: Oh, okay. Okay, that's interesting. Like, we had none of that. We mm. learned,
0: and this is a big, big, like huge thing. We didn't even learn anything like HTML as we spoke about before. We learned database and MS Access. Um, we learned PowerPoint, like very basic shit, mm. right? Um, the, I don't even know if Access even exists anymore. I literally haven't heard about it ever since because know. it is, it's one of the worst implementations of database technology that there is. Right. Um, and it is highly, highly, highly inefficient, which is why no or, or it was, which is why no one ever used it as opposed to things like SQL and similar structures, right? Mm. So um w- w- people learning this kind of actual relevant stuff makes me super fucking happy, but lament what, what could have been on our front. And don't get me wrong, I don't want people to not learn it. Mm. teach them like fucking teach them programming from year seven, please. All right. Like this is the, this is the world we're going into. Teach them programming and let them understand that as a language, please, for the love of God. Um, but, um, my God, I really wish we had that opportunity as a kid. Cause I think the first introduction I got to programming was in college. Um, Mm -hmm. and we learned Pascal. Oh,
2: wow. Which
0: is a, which is the Latin of programming languages. It is a dead language. It is entirely pointless.
2: I've never learned Pascal. And no one needs to. I started in Java, which is appropriate.
0: Like, you you could teach people assembly code and it would be beneficial, you know? Pascal was one of the first, if not the first language to go up above assembly code to be a user-interfaceable language. Mm -hmm. It's shit, It was used to create DOS or very early Windows programs. And then they built better languages very quickly because of how shit it is. The only reason we learned Pascal was because the lecturers at uh, college were so old that that was the only language that they knew. (laughs) And it wasn't until we got a new lecturer um, like three months before the end who knew C++ that we learned another language. And that was when I learned that I didn't want to learn C++. So I went and did 3D graphics and animation in university Mm. instead. Um, Nice. But fuck, Pascal of all (laughs) languages. Dan, did you ever, you did uh, some ICT courses and whatnot. Did you ever uh, get to do any form of programming or whatnot? Or was that uh, too much for our brilliant Uxbridge College to handle?
1: Oh, no, I mostly did... um basically software support and, like, hardware support. So I was, like, building networks and building computers and shit like that.
0: Right, okay. Did you have, what was his name, Ravi?
1: I cannot for the life of me remember. (laughs) That was, like, 800 years ago.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Yeah, college was 2008 for me, which is a terrifyingly distant period of time. (laughs) Yeah.
1: jesus christ (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) anyway next question (laughs) before i die so um i'm going to kind of put this into like a past context um just because you no longer work within the gaming industry Mm -hmm. but um how do you how did you approach working for games that weren't particularly your, your kind of thing Um, did you still find it magical or did the project become bad and it just became like a paycheck and a credit kind of thing?
2: This is actually a really, really good question because as it maybe has become clear, I really like RPGs, like role-playing games rather than Mm. uh, shooters. Um, But uh, still the, the, the fact that I was working on a game that ended up in the hands of many people, just that kind of kept the magic going even though I didn't understand some of the concepts as well as I would have in RPGs. Like I don't understand why uh why the crosshairs need to go like this or why this needs to be on the screen all the time. Like the genre of the game kind of defines a few things that I didn't know as much about, but it still allowed me to learn quite a lot. And I'm very grateful for that. And it. My, I mean, it ended up becoming a paycheck towards like the end when I left, uh, obviously. Mm. But I'm still very grateful for that time. And uh, it actually spiked a little bit of a more of an interest into playing those kind of games as well, even though I'm so crap at them.
3: <laughs> same. Hard same.
2: That's
1: cool.
3: Um,
0: like that. But that is cool um, that you managed to, to, to um, mm. turn that into something that was beneficial to you because i had the the opposite experience with the final project that we were working on uh, um when i was still at criterion where i it it was a project i had no no interest in Mm. and the the only reason was because i'd done it before and uh it felt like it would be more detrimental to me and my career going forward than it would be beneficial right um And that led to me basically shutting myself off mentally to it, which is a bad place to be. So I'm glad that you managed to turn that into something that was beneficial and uh, an avenue of growth for you. Um, That's real cool.
2: It it most definitely Mm. wasn't easy all the time. Uh, I mean, it was like learning to completely new things. And... uh, I think because it was such a challenge at times, it actually was worth it for me yeah. because I like being challenged.
3: I mean, that's fair. That's entirely fair. Yep. I, um,
0: I think that actually goes hand in hand with the creativity aspect of it. We, we mm-hmm. like to be creativity, uh, creatively challenged, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise are you being creative at that point? True. There's, there's, there's the paradoxical question for everybody what is creativity without challenge
1: getting deep now
0: can we can we
2: can we print this like I I need that on the wall (laughs) (laughs) I
0: mean (laughs) I mean I'm so I'm like so fucking deep dude like it's like the smartest shit you've ever (gasps) heard like (laughs) like it's
1: been known to happen once in the blue moon like a long scarf it's
0: been known to happen once in the blue moon Uh, next stream I'll be talking about how much I enjoy Pop-Tarts so (sighs) oh
2: Oh Pop Tarts. Anyway, <laughs> What 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 are what are Pop Tarts?
0: Oh, it's best you don't know. Because if you discover these things, you'll never give them up. I've I've
2: seen them out there, I just have
0: no idea what it is. It's basically a shit form of a combination between pastry and biscuits with jam in the centre or chocolate, depending on the flavour you've got, and icing on top. But you warm them up in a toaster. What? They're real good. Yeah. They're basically just various different forms of sugar slapped together that you heat up in a toaster and then burn the roof of your mouth with because you bite into it before it's cooled down.
4: <laughs> it's glorious.
0: It is glorious. Okay. It is
2: glorious. <laughs> well, today I learned what uh, Pop-Tarts are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll give one a try sometime if uh, I can find someone that has it.
3: I mean, I,
0: they are absolutely worth trying, but just just be warned, nothing good comes of them. <laughs> okay. Like, like, it's like chocolate. You, you, you pull it in your mouth and you're like, oh, this is great. And 10 seconds later, you're like, oh, I need another bit and then another bit and then another bit. And suddenly you've eaten the entire family-sized packet of dairy milk and your mum's screaming at you about how much chocolate you've just consumed. And,
2: and you get nauseous.
0: And no. Are you doing okay, Steve? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs>
2: You're spiraling a, l- a little bit.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I was just reliving a moment there.
1: <laughs>
2: Clearly. It's fine. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll ask another question. Yes. Yes. Do that quick. <laughs> so, um, So you've talked about the controversy and bad things that people have said about companies that you've worked mm-hmm. for. Uh, What what about the opposite? Um, Have there been any positive feedbacks about games that you've worked on and made you feel super proud?
2: I mean, just the general response that that we tend to get when a game comes out. Like, there's always so many people that are super happy with the game. I mean, you always have the super loud voices out there on Reddit screaming, I don't know, fire and all of those things Mm -hmm. but there's always people out there that really appreciate the work that you've done and that definitely makes it worth it
3: absolutely you know like
0: this is this is a thing i had to keep reminding myself during star wars and whatnot but but even like even star wars was one of the most controversial things of all time Mm -hmm. in terms of this industry right which as much as i don't wish was true i think it's a fair thing to say right Mm -hmm. um that was still a vocal minority you know, compared to the, like, people don't see the stats that comes out from games. I, I, I was looking at the live stats of that game, right, while people were playing it. The, the millions upon millions upon millions of people playing that game and continuously playing that game compared to the tens of thousands uh, that were screaming anger about it yep. on Reddit, right? Now, now, that doesn't mean that what they're saying is incorrect. They... Everyone has a right to voice their opinion, of course, right? I'm not saying disregard it. I'm not saying that there weren't problems or anything like that. What I am saying is it is always a vocal minority. And that is a thing as a game developer that you should always keep in mind when, when you're reading bad reviews, when you're experiencing backlash, is it's not everyone. It's never everyone. So, so don't take that as you have created a piece of shit that is the worst thing ever and whatnot look at the stats the numbers don't lie you know so don't don't destroy yourself over what is potentially not the case because in some regards and and i like if anyone at cd project red right now ever gets to hear this please don't think that everyone in the world thinks that your game is bad they don't i think you've oh. made a fucking great game like i think we could all agree that it's not perfect point me to a game that is all right are there are there some big imperfections
3: yeah can i still enjoy the game yeah i can um
0: don't don't sit there and feel bad fix what needs to be fixed of course you know but you're going to do that even if the game came out to 10 out of 10s you were still good like because as a developer as we said earlier in in the uh in the podcast uh there's always more you want to do. There's always more polish you want to make. There's always more bugs to fix. There's always, there's always more. Yep. Um, you like, regardless of whatever outcome of your launch day, you're going to want to make more and you're going to want to do more. So you're, you're always going to work more. Just don't ever feel like the entire, the entire play is against you. You, you did great work. You did yeah. great work. You shipped a fucking game. Do you know how fucking hard that oh. is? <laughs> like, do you know how hard that is to actually go from beginning to end and have it in the fucking shops it or is on the such Steam slash Epic
4: store? Oh.
3: Like, be proud. Be so fucking proud. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah.
2: For sure.
0: I don't know if there's anything more anyone wants to add around that. Like Dan, as 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 a viewer, like or as a player, <laughs> is is there anything you want to add to that? The answer could be no. That's entirely fine. I just
1: no. You kind of like covered kind of a lot. I'm. I always find it interesting when you have a game dev on because, like, I'd learn a lot from you guys' side of things rather than just a player.
0: Like I I do I do want to appreciate that because I think there's a lot of people out there that think that what game development is is easy that anyone can do it mm-hmm. and I've lost count <laughs> the amount of times I've I've spoken to people about this where it's like just because you like games doesn't mean you know how to make them and mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're capable of it That's doesn't true. mean you can't learn yeah. like anyone can learn how to make games but. Just liking games doesn't give you the immediate capability of making them or understanding how yeah. they're made. You know, like, the same way that I like, uh, I like food. Doesn't mean I know how to make every fucking dish in the world. Um, I like traveling. I like going on planes. I have no idea how planes work. I'd, I haven't, I'm not gonna I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna lecture <laughs> an aero engineer on how planes work. I have no fucking idea. Mm. i I'd like, I like going from one country to another, though. That's nice.
3: Okay. Um, Think about that is is the point I'm getting to. (laughs) Next question, Dan. So I have two
1: questions left. Okay. From what I can see.
3: Unless there's any more.
1: Oh, unless there's any more comes up in the chat. But one of them is, what is your favorite and least favorite UI?
2: Well, I can already say my least favorite because I tried playing the demo and they didn't really, I couldn't do anything with it. And it was uh, Monster Hunter. I like the concept of the game, but the UI, I just can't, can't.
0: To be fair, that game has trash (laughs) UI.
2: I I, I can't make it.
0: I love that series. That game has a beautiful UI system.
2: But this was my first introduction to Monster Hunter as well. And I was like, okay, it tells me to do something, but I don't know how to do the thing. And then I look through all the menus, trying to find some kind of help on it. Nothing.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that game. Like for a game that has like four hours of tutorials. It makes experiencing itself, yeah. really fucking difficult.
2: I mean, um, I did hear from my my partner that it's uh it's better if you play it on a bigger screen where you have a little bit more view of things, but I'm like, it's probably still gonna be shit. I'm sorry, I was say
0: but... well, in that case, they better ship every copy with 4K TV <laughs> yeah.
2: then. Oh, don't get me You're started not. on UIs on PC versus console and that that whole. That's a. That's a rabbit
0: hole. So, so I have a, a UI concept that I fucking detest. And I have a UI principle that when it's not followed, that makes me want to mm-hmm. swing a sledgehammer around and see what hits. Okay. And I'm interested to see if you agree or disagree with these, uh, Avalyn. So the UI concept that I hate is the destiny cursor. Dragging a cursor around the screen to interact with a UI system.
2: They added it to Assassin's Creed as well.
0: Yep. When we have buttons. Get to fuck. What the hell were you thinking? Why? Why was this a better solution than navigating a menu with buttons? What the fuck? Why? Take me on this journey. I need to understand. Because it is cumbersome. It is clunky. It is prone to errors. Why is this a better solution? All right, because if I, the answer is it makes porting to PC better, I'm going to punch you in the face. I wouldn't <laughs> okay. be surprised
2: if that's <laughs> one of the reasonings behind it. Um, but okay. I, but I feel I feel like if if you look at the Destiny menus, like in essence, they're not bad. To be honest, it's just that whole cursor makes things feel a little bit out of play. Like we want to pretend to be a PC game, but we're on a console, so like this yeah i agree with you don't
3: no <sighs> it's just like, like Come yeah yeah
0: it's fine it's <laughs> fine I'm, Stevie. I'm, I'm, I'm over it i'm over it i'm definitely not in a situation where i'm active. no i can't answer I, I i need to end that sentence before i get in trouble it's yeah. fine it's fine um the print, favorite uh, the,
1: ui
3: oh my favorite ui uh is one that I don't notice when it's there.
2: You mean one that plays a proper supporting role? And like yeah. if you need to see anything on it that is like you actually want to know this information, it will be there, but there's nothing else there that you don't.
0: Know. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it, it has it has complex systems behind it that work out when that information is needed, displays it, and when it's not needed any anymore, it goes. You know, so yep. it's a very clean UI. It busies itself with the information you need and reduces itself with the information you don't. I love that. I love that concept. It's basically uh UI in negative space, which for people who don't know what I mean by that is when you use negative space in art, it is the concept of less what's not there being as important as what is there. Um, And that is a theory that is really beneficial in uh, basically all forms of creative design, which is um, working out when you create space for players to uh, either experience something entirely by themselves that isn't guided or to have absolute freedom in how they experience something. So Minecraft is an absolute masterpiece in uh, design in negative space. UI lives in that sense as well, working out what UI is needed where, working out when is the correct time to hide aspects of UI because you don't need it, Mm -hmm. and it creates a more immersive experience. Um, I'm trying to think right now of a game that does that really fucking well. The only one that comes to mind is God of War on PS4. God of War is absolutely excellent in what UI you need to see when and where. So I a very 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 minimal experience i that.
2: have a somewhat uh, old take on this one as well i think uh, i really like the basicness of the ui in uh, animal crossing
0: interesting i haven't played the new animal crossing to to it's, know firsthand so
2: it's if basically if, you it's, if you're, you're moving right. around it's not there like because you don't need it when you're moving around when you stand still certain elements will pop up and you can make more pop up as you need it Mm -hmm. and it's very like very minimalistic but i also i remember you talking about how how world of warcraft has like a kind of a uh, ui and things like that so there's uh ons or there's there's programs and things for that that you can use in game to change it, and I really like setting it up for a way like if you're if you don't need to see it, don't even have it on your screen so sometimes my u i is literally just my health bar, my target health bar, and a couple of things I want to keep track of and that's well, it that's
0: clever but my question to you is are those mods are those player made things
2: those are mods, yes. And they should be an option in the game instead.
0: So, and that's not a bad thing. I, I for one, I'm a big advocate of mods because uh, it is physically impossible for a dev team to think of everything that is required. And quite honestly, unfair to expect them to. Um, And you, like, no matter who you hire and what skill sets you bring in, you cannot possibly hire a team that thinks of every possible way of doing things, right? Um, so I love mods for that reason it's um, it's why because uh, I'm currently playing Skyrim VR I mm-hmm. have the gravity gloves from uh, Half-Life uh, Alex in there and that makes that game's experience fucking astronomical that's a mod but it makes the <laughs> gameplay so much better because it didn't exist when they made that game and they're not working on that game anymore so the mod team get to came, uh, the mod uh, community get to come in and make it um, but what i really love about mods is how you end up with this type of stuff that um isn't isn't um normal is the incorrect word but um expected from your dev team because uh i played wow well. i know how much that dev team likes uh, ui elements all over the place <laughs> yes.
4: um,
0: like it's literally fucking everywhere <laughs> You know, Um, I don't think I don't think there's ever been an effort to reduce the UI clutter on that screen, but that's because it's not important to them. And, you know, that's their own decision to make. Hmm. Um, It's uh, for me, it is. So I'm glad that there's a mod out there that lets that happen. You know, personally.
2: Yeah, Um, me too.
0: um, The... I mentioned the principle, uh, no, practice rather that, that drives me up the ball, which is when developers create UI and don't test it on a TV screen. They test it on a fucking 4K resolution computer monitor that they're sat not even half a meter away from, but don't test it on a 1080p television sat on the other side of the room to them
2: yeah i was about to say or they tested on a tv that is next to their computer which means they're literally like one meter away uh what, what i would do when we worked on on battlefront is uh yeah put it on the tv and literally roll to the other side of the hallway, like far away from the, the, yeah, yeah. the screen so i could actually see it as it would be from a sofa because read, uh, readability or legibility of anything changes so much in that case mm-hmm. that it's very important to do those kind of checks.
0: Put it this way, I, I, I created an internal rule. If anyone puts any text on screen below font size 18, you're dead to me. I yeah. swear to fucking god. <laughs> That's
2: like, actually I swear to
0: fucking god. What is wrong with you? Who do you expect to read this?
2: That is a thing we added in uh, in in Battlefield Five as well. Like when I made uh, the 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 setup for all of our fonts, like hey, this is literally the smallest font size that we allow you to use. And I think it mm-hmm. was a sixteen, but the font. <gasps> it's... However, the font itself had quite large ligatures.
3: Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Fine.
2: So yeah. the it was still like readable.
3: Oh
0: yeah, because it was um, that font that changed to Aurabesh and back again, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 We
2: ended up making our own font, actually.
3: I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Good times. Good mm-hmm. times. Um. So there was a
0: question in uh, our chat whether we think that the Breath of the Wild UI was a good thing.
2: I just Googled yes. it. It looks, yeah.
0: It's incredibly simplistic and very um, uh, adaptive, which is a very good thing. Like I have a lot of thoughts on Breath of the Wild. In fact, I could do an entire fucking podcast on Breath of the Wild. My, my ultimate feeling of that game is it's an okay game. Does it deserve the nine, nine out of tens, 10 out of tens it gets? No. Is it a bad game? Not by a long slide. It's an okay game. I reckon it's a pretty good seven, eight out of ten open world game. Um, Its UI is fucking incredible. They did a great job on that. Um, They really, really, really did do a great job on that.
2: I know my partner has been trying to make me play it, so I guess I should. It's definitely worth a play.
0: It's definitely worth a play. Uh, My personal opinion is, like, I I didn't finish it. (laughs) I I I played about ten hours, and went, I think I'm about done with this game. so uh, maybe even longer, actually. Uh, I just, for me, it just had too many fucking expectations on my part uh, as a player. Like uh, having to rem- manually remember every single recipe for the uh, uh, ingredient list that is like 60 to 70 ingredients strong. And you have to manually remember recipes of up to five ingredients. I'm like, I don't remember this shit. you remember my own fucking recipes, let alone this game's um your weapons all break after a certain amount of use there's no like there's no actual sense of weapon upgrading in the same way that like so when you think standard rpgs like you go from town to town and as you go to a new town you go to the shop and then Mm. there's new armor and new weapons and you buy new gear and you upgrade and whatnot in breath of the wild every single weapon can break and it will break your your inventory is intended to have like 13 weapons at a time so that when you hit an enemy four times and your sword breaks you pull out a new sword and hit it another four times and then pull out another new sword and rinse and repeat i can just you up the see this ball. in my
2: head right
4: <laughs> now.
0: like some some people love it and you know if you do like that all power to you fill your boots or with weapons fill your boots with weapons For me, it drives me up the wall because it means I'm constantly having to look at what durability my weapons are at and I don't want to think about that. I like the simplicity of strolling into a new town, buying a new weapon, and that is an upgrade. I enjoy that. So that means that Breath of the Wild is not the game for me.
2: Hmm. You know? It might be for Um, me. I kind of feel intrigued by this whole uh, remembering the recipe list and that kind of stuff. Like, hmm.
3: um, And (laughs) like, it's got... It heavily rewards exploration like um and that's a really good thing um but it
0: doesn't facilitate when you don't explore the right areas so uh case in point and this isn't too much of a spoiler because it's very much the beginning of the game uh the starting area you're in there's an icy area and when you go into an icy area you have to keep yourself warm through some method otherwise you start to lose health
4: which is a cool system
0: that's a survival system that's fine um If you explore fully 100%, like check every nook and cranny around because this area is in the center or up to the north center. If you check every nook and cranny around it, you might find an area where uh, an NPC gives you a vague idea of a a thing to do that if you do said thing, he gives you warm clothing. But it's vague as fuck and in a very particularly small area. Otherwise, uh, you need to remember recipes to keep yourself warm by eating chilies or run around with a stick on fire um, which means if you try to do anything else the stick goes out and you're now losing health Oh
4: wow! Uh, and it
0: very quickly turned I, I didn't find the NPC I didn't find the recipe so I was running around hugging the stick on fire trying to avoid um, uh, enemies at all costs it took me four hours four hours <laughs> you know um, so I okay. Um, Thank I, you for the I got up. frustrated by that. So <laughs> it's it's really powerful in a sense that it has so many, that systemic approach of being mm. able to handle that problem in so many different ways. That's really cool. It doesn't have the catch mechanics of, yeah, okay, you fucked it. How do we help you in this system? Um, which annoyed me a little bit because you need to have catch mechanics in this game. Otherwise, you you lose... You, well, you cause a huge amount of frustration and lose interest in your game. Um, and I'm not invested in Zelda enough for it, to, for it to be the fact that it's Zelda for me to power through. Oof. So.
2: You want to know a hot take or whatever? Or something? This would be the first Legend of Zelda game I'd play.
0: Oh, interesting. That's yep. very interesting. To some people, that's sacrilege. To me, good on you. <laughs> I don't know how you've accomplished that. Um,
2: I don't know either.
0: But... But yeah, like it's, it is a very good game. It is worth Correct. trying and forming your own opinions on. I've, I've expressed mine. I'm going to leave it there because people are getting angry at me in the chat. Oh, <laughs> I can,
2: I can give it a shot over Easter.
0: Um, for sure. I would, I would, I'll oh, definitely, like, I would definitely not say it's a bad game and to avoid it. Definitely bullet it up and mm-hmm. make your own opinions on it.
3: All right. So, um, But yes, going back to that point of um, play it on a
0: fucking console, play it on a PC, uh, play it on a TV screen, not just a PC. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Um, Like the vast majority of your player base will be playing it on console. Play it on console. (laughs) For the love of Christ, please, please play it on console. Because when I see games like The Division 2, which launch with a UI so fucking small that I can't actually read a damn thing, it makes me angry. It makes me very angry.
2: It makes you wonder if you need stronger glasses.
0: And I only got these yesterday.
2: I know.
3: (laughs) Okay. Okay, next question, Dan.
1: (laughs) Oh, so the last question that I've got is, probably for the both of you, how do you, what would the advice you'd give someone who's going through burnout Fuck. Uh, is that the advice or? i mean
2: the the best thing i found is to to uh, it sounds somewhat cliche but to try and and talk to someone about it because just keeping it bottled up inside and staying by yourself is, is usually not not really a good way to go uh, and you'll be surprised how many people will have an understanding of what you're talking about because I know that burnout and more or less anything mental health related is not' is not talked about as often as physical health and i i feel like you'd be surprised how many people have gone through similar things or have at least either lived through it or know people that have or something like that so just Talk to someone. Anyone.
0: Yeah, that's a good, like, because it's basically it's a form of acknowledgement. Oh, I forgot that was, that was there. Shit. Well, that's in the, that's in the edit now, but thank you for the follow. sushi. I really do appreciate that. Mm.
3: Um, but um, it's around acknowledging, acknowledging that you are feeling it, you know? Yes. Um, and because of that, um working
0: out why you're feeling it. Like what what is causing your burnout? Because at the end of the day, if you don't work that out, it's not going to fix itself. All right. Um, not unless whatever it is you're working on stops being the thing you're working on out through forms outside of your control. Uh so say like say, say for example, you're burnt out because it's the fourth time you're working on this project and you just cannot feel the excitement around working on that project anymore. The only way that's going to change outside of your control is if that project gets canned and you work on something else. Why leave it to something that's outside of your control? You know, if it's, if it's, let's take that example again. If it's because you're working on a project you don't want to work on anymore and you're starting to get burnt out around it, it's probably time to leave that project. You know, um, mm-hmm. why, why cost your whole career forcing your way through something you don't want to do? Because if you don't, if you don't acknowledge your burnout and don't deal with it. Uh, something's going to break. It's either you or, uh, some aspect of your career, which means you'll never go back to it. And maybe, maybe the, the action is that you do leave it permanently, like depending on what the burnout is, yeah, you
3: know? Um, and that's not a bad thing, but why risk a mental break for yourself? Um,
0: forcing your way through it. So definitely acknowledge it, work out what it is and identify or work towards identifying uh, what you need to do. And that's not all on you. I, I went to therapy to work out mine. I, I had a, We had a mindfulness coach at work who turned into my therapist, basically, uh, to work out what I needed to do. So this comes following what you were saying with the talking to someone about it. Identifying what it is about yourself that is, that is causing this, uh, what needs are not being met and how you can go about meeting them. Um, and then beginning the course of action to, to do it, which is a scary thing. Oh, yeah. Because chances are it comes with big change and even small change is a scary thing. But
3: you, you, you need to realize that it's change that has to happen. If you're starting to burn out, it's changed. that has to happen. Because if it goes out, it's gone forever, you know?
2: <laughs> That's true. That's
3: very good. Very
1: good answers from the both of you.
2: Yeah, it's another wow. one of those things that you need to figure out the, the root cause of it, yeah. much like how we, well, much like, like how we all discussed the whole diversity issue as well before. Like you need to Mm -hmm. find out what is actually causing it and find out how to work around or deal with it or leave it altogether. Like you said.
3: Mm -hmm. Like for me, it started getting to the point
0: where I was, I was considering other professions. Like I was actually like, for some reason I I was like, fuck it. I want to learn blacksmithing. And that, that, that's be, that, that'll be what I do. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not even fucking joking. like, I was working, and if it wasn't for the fact of COVID, like I would probably be doing blacksmith coursing right now Um, because in Guildford there are a bunch of schools on it. Uh, I don't know why, but there are. (laughs) The only reason I couldn't do it was because they were all shut for COVID. Um, It's probably because I'd been watching a whole bunch of blacksmithing stuff on YouTube because of the YouTube algorithm one night took me to blacksmithing channels you know, and I, it, it is a thing that yeah. fascinates me and I'd still love to do it one day. Like as like, uh, a, 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 I don't know what other places in the world call it, but in the UK that we have these virgin media experiences where you get to go and try something for a day. I'd love to do that mm. one day still. But to, to like, I was sitting there thinking about how I can build my career on it, even though I hadn't even done it once. I was just so desperate to do something else, you know? Um, that's not healthy. <laughs> That's not a healthy yeah. thing, yeah. you know? Um, and that was just the level of desperation I was starting to get towards. So, um, yeah, identify it, work towards it, get the help necessary. And asking for help is not a bad thing. If there's, There are still some people who think that asking for help is a sign of weakness. No, it's just a sign of being human. Ask for
3: help. We, we are social creatures. We rely on each other it's how it works. Just you just need to accept that.
1: Good answers from the both of you. No.
0: Um, have there been any more questions or does anyone have any more questions? Uh, while we're here in the meantime, um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to plug you and your wonderful streams, uh, Aveline. Uh, I don't, when are you streaming next?
2: Uh... Um, that is actually a good question. Uh, I was thinking about uh, starting to stream a bit more regularly over lunch, uh, like doing a little bit shorter streams, part of like a quest line or just a small story introduction thing. Um, so that would be tomorrow over lunch. uh, okay. uh At like, I guess at like 11 uh, my time, I don't know what that's summer time now i guess
0: so what is uh your uh twitch name on here so for people uh, to go check
2: it it's out. uh early place um,
3: i am um, why is that still happening
2: because i was writing in chat before as well
0: sorry i uh uh noises noises just happened and uh <laughs> i i thought i blocked them but i didn't So, mm. shit um but anyway um but yeah what was you gonna say dan
1: none of that will come through in the edit. it will come <laughs>
3: through in the edit yeah it will
4: it's we'll,
2: fine. we'll it's hear fine. we'll hear the sound be like Ooh.
0: but um um but yeah definitely please go and check uh, uh avalin out uh tomorrow yeah for what, sure what will you be playing uh, world of warcraft or Final uh fantasy?
2: probably final fantasy over lunch because i'm still working on the main story uh, and I usually try to, give a, cr- try to give a quick recap of what happened before, and then we do a bit of story, and that's about it. Um, and then I intend to do a stream later this week, or maybe even once evening, uh, where I play some World of Warcraft.
3: Ooh, very exciting.
2: Maybe you should watch.
3: Maybe. Maybe it'll be a... Uh,
0: uh, I mean, I will but maybe it will be what, what makes me understand how people play that game.
4: Mm. Um, yeah.
0: Because I'm, I'm, I'm a 14 fanboy till I die. Uh,
3: okay, brilliant. Dan, has there been any more questions? Or
1: uh, I've seen a good one. Oh. Um, which is, uh, what are your thoughts on the rise of co-op games? Also, the slow back of couch co-op games.
2: I, I the think... Slow...
0: Comeback of couch. Uh, sorry, you come yeah. back for me. Was it slow comeback of couch, uh, couch co-op?
1: Uh, um, the slow comeback, or well, slow comeback of couch co-op games, and okay. the comeback of co-op games.
2: Ooh. I mean, huh? the pandemic. You,
0: you, you go ahead first.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the pandemic for sure. People are stuck at home, looking for things to do, and it's just nice to be able to to play with people together. Like even, especially now, more than ever, we want to find a way to interact with people and if we can't physically be there then we can play online co-op or i guess couch co-op with your family uh that is nearby you so it's Mm -hmm. kind of a bonding a bonding thing as well
0: like in terms of an experience for players i love it i absolutely adore it 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 is like because for me that was that was how i experienced game like playing Sonic 2 multiplayer with my mum and my friends and whatnot, right? Playing Mario uh, you get to play as Mario, I get to play as Luigi, Mario Party as a kid and all of that kind of stuff. Fucking beautiful stuff. I was sad when like we went through that era of couch co-op's not a thing, it's only online co-op. Um, having worked on split screen I understand oh, why. Yes. Jesus fucking Christ, I, <laughs> that is I a remember. complex procedure. I remembered um, it, yeah. Um, because uh, it's not simply creating two viewports. You're you're rendering two things at once and two potentially separate things at once. Like you can have one player looking at one thing and another player looking at another, which means you like, and this isn't even true to a full extent, but this is the layman terms of understanding it. You need to cut all of your rendering costs in half, all of your optimizations need to work at 50% of what they normally do because you can potentially be rendering completely different things at the same time, right? Um, and it's a fucking ball ache to get it down to just uh, optimizing uh, optimization for one view, let alone two. <laughs> all right like optimization is one of the hardest fucking parts of game design so doing it in a split screen scenario is so painfully difficult
2: i i think one of my favorite split screen scenario things uh is actually a quarter screen one when you play mario Kart
1: with four people
2: like
0: like i think like that's either uh they because they do it so well that you don't even notice right Mm. uh so that's either um that game doesn't have the processing requirements that they can do it that easily or they have some masterful level optimization uh, algorithms in place that, that do it in such a way that the important stuff is so well preserved that you don't even notice right because obviously shrink uh, screens shrink so your attention to detail in a lot of areas is immediately diminished because just because of the amount of pixel space you have but Fuck! I remember going through that on arcade and just just losing, like like oh, basically yeah. being sat in front of a TV screen with two rendering engineers going, like them them telling me we can't do this; it's physically impossible. And I'm like, we have to find a fucking way because <laughs> we have signed on and this has being marketed as a thing. We need to find a way. And credit to them, they did.
3: But yeah. my god, kicking and screaming! It was
2: um, uh, it was very interesting that process.
3: Uh, is
0: also oh, so just a follow up question in chat to that regarding the sim side of things any problem uh yes, yes, they are uh providing it's an online experience uh because you then need to make sure that the network traffic from a person is capable of transmitting two people's worth of network information um as well, and then matching the sim up to that is uh is interesting um but you know that depends on what side of uh the bar you're on for like what you consider your minimal level of uh acceptance for network speeds and whatnot as well right Mm -hmm. so if you're trying to create a game that's going to work with like uh dial-up internet you're in for a tough time if you're accepting that you're working on uh like uh, Brazilian internet or something like that things will be a bit easier and things like that um, the other side of sim stuff is uh, anti-cheat um, so well that's more server side of stuff but anti cheats a thing to, to measure as well which is why not a lot of games do um, uh, split screen online and when they do it's a fucking achievement is um, working out Uh, client side stuff that is legit and working out client side stuff that is considered cheating becomes a lot more difficult when you have two entities in a game that can be on other sides of the fucking like server to each other or mapping the server to each other doing completely different things at the same time and having a system that works out that that is legit as opposed to okay no that is clearly hacking that is a fucking ball lake as well Um, so I think that answers your question, uh, but that's, that's my understanding of sim-side development as a designer. I don't code on the sim, so Evelyn might be able to help a I, bit more on
2: that. I, I can't really help you too much with that either.
3: So, um, <laughs> But in, in going
0: all the way back to your initial question, am I happy it's coming back, even with all of that ball and headache in between? Yes, absolutely. It is. It is a style. It is an old style of play that is still as relevant today as it was back then. Because the joy you can have on the server, sat together, um, is uh, on a screen, sat together. Sorry, is just second to none. It really is. Like, like the memories I have of games like Halo, split screen. So much fun. So much fun being able to play that together in a room together. It's, yeah, it's, it's probably why I enjoy Land Parties so much because
3: it's the closest you get to it with some of these games, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, I think that's it for questions, right? Yeah, that is. So
0: before we started streaming, Avalyn, I said that we would go for about two hours, but uh, it, it has been known <laughs> to be going up to three and a half before, but that only ever happened once and it was an extreme... Here we are, three hours and 21 minutes later. Wow. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's been a good stream. I've really enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much for coming along and joining us.
2: No, no, thank you 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 for having me.
0: Uh, Hopefully, um, uh, this will be the one of many in the future. Uh, I'd love to have you back at some point. Um, But in the meantime, everyone, please do go and uh, check. Uh, Avalyn out uh, when she streams tomorrow or in the future as well. Um, Are there any final comments or thoughts you want to leave anyone with? It's entirely fine if you say no. (laughs) No. No, Fair. Entirely (laughs) fair. Dan, anything from you?
1: Um, Put Avalyn's cactus as your phone wallpaper.
0: Yes. Please do. Please do. do That That would
2: make me so happy.
0: And post a screenshot <laughs> of it being your wallpaper. Yeah. Um, but yes, thank you so much to everyone in the chat who came along for this. This, is, this has genuinely been uh, a great, great stream. And I think we covered a lot of uh, very deep uh, conversational topics here. So thank you for going on that journey with us. Um, we will be back live on Thursday where I'm going to be doing my first VR stream. Gonna, I'm somewhat terrified about that, but But it will be fine, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, For anyone who wants to listen to anything we've done before, uh, this is not our first podcast. You can listen to any of our previous podcasts over on Spotify, on Apple, and on Google. Here is a link to our uh, Spotify stuff if it ever actually appears in the chat. It's very slow today. Um, Dan, thank you so much for coming along and being my co-host.
1: I am very, very happy to be here.
0: I I loved the hesitation on that. (laughs) But... um, I
1: also get paid for this. (laughs)
0: Wait, what? We didn't agree this.
1: We'll talk about it later. Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Um, But, uh, yes. Please do take care of yourselves, everyone. See you on Thursday. See you in Avalanche Stream tomorrow. Um, But until then, take care of yourselves. I love each and every one of you very, very, very much. Uh, Bye-bye. Say
1: bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> all done. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, please don't forget to like and subscribe. We also stream three times a week over on Twitch. You can find us at twitch.tv forward slash epically average gamers. But you can also find our streaming schedule. All of our social media links can be found in the description box.